This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Monday, February 28th. As I said before, Kathy's out. I'll handle the news duties. We'll begin with this. President Vladimir Putin dramatically escalated east-west tensions by ordering Russian nuclear forces put on high alert following new crippling Western sanctions that forced his central bank to sharply raise the key rate Monday to save the ruble from collapse. The explosions and gunfire around the Ukrainian capital besieged by the Russian forces appeared to subside overnight, and the Russian military offered to allow residents to leave Kiev via a safe corridor while it is beefed up for an onslaught on the capital. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said early Monday that at least 16 children have been killed and 45 injured since the start of the invasion. He also said under martial law, convicts will be released to help fight and that Ukraine should now be allowed to join the EU, saying that Ukraine has clearly shown that it deserves it. Ukraine has agreed to talks with Moscow, and Zelensky's office said a delegation arrived on the border with Belarus. It's unclear whether they'll lead to any breakthrough. Zelensky's office said that it would demand an immediate ceasefire. It wasn't immediately clear what the Kremlin was ultimately seeking, either in the talks or more broadly from its war in Ukraine. Western officials believe that Putin wants to overthrow Ukraine's government and replace it with a regime of his own, reviving Moscow's Cold War, Cold War era influence. A shooting in Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania, may have started as a road rage incident. It happened oh. on Sunday around 12.30 p.m. when two drivers collided at the busy intersection of Springfield Road and Oak Avenue. According to police, one of the drivers shot the other after the crash. The shooting victim was taken to an area hospital. Police say that he was alert while being transported to the scene. Officers remained on the scene for several hours, taking photos of a silver pickup truck and an Amazon delivery truck. Police have not said how the delivery truck was involved, but an Amazon spokesperson released a statement saying that we are aware of an incident involving a delivery service partner vehicle this afternoon in Delaware County. We are working with local authorities closely in their ongoing investigation. Uh, People who have lived in that area for more than 15 years said that uh, violence like this is unusual for the area. Police are looking for the shooter who got away. Anyone with information is asked to call the Clifton Heights Police Department. It's kind of a weird intersection, too. It's not like it's a really busy, busy intersection. Oh, really? Yeah, I just, you know, like Oak Avenue kind of ends there a little bit. It it might be a through street, but like I don't I don't know. You know. Somebody just made a mistake, you know. And that's well, yeah. I'm just curious. So the Amazon trucks or Sunrise or Amazon, mm-hmm. they, do they have transmitters that, in case of like an on-star situation, there's a collision, they transmit to that a central know. office or something. I know they're monitored. They, right, they, they right. monitor their speed and and their uh, their uh, traffic movements and so on to make sure okay. they're not. Uh, uh, you know, going against any infractions at the company and policies that they set as far as speed limits and things. Right, but I don't right. know if they record or if they. I have think any, they do because like that. I was in a parking lot of a Wawa and I had to wait for an Amazon uh, driver, and, and it was um, it was unfortunate. I mean, like I had to wait, and and it kind of sucked because, like, I you know, I just I had to wait. What and, was he running in to make a delivery? No, 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 no. I was trying to make a right hand turn all into right. this parking lot, and the car was kind of like taking up all the space, and it, and it was, but and and she had to stop, and she rolled her window down, and she apologized. She goes, 
I'm being recorded. I she's like, I have to make a full stop every single time. Blah blah. Right. You know, yeah, and I was yeah. like, you know, I and but yeah. I wasn't like making a big deal about it. But that right. makes sense. Parker yeah. told me, yeah, they can't run any stop signs or anything like that. It'll be monitored. They'll get flagged. Yeah. All right. Yeah, not Amazon, but Uber. My friend was actually in an Uber the other day that got in an accident, and immediately she she got an alert. The driver got an alert that says, "We've noticed you've stopped for a longer huh. amount of time. Um, have you been in an accident? Are you okay?" So they did okay. that. So yeah. they're they're monitoring. Okay. In other news, police are investigating. Getting a disturbing incident at a Wawa in the Lansdale section of, I'm sorry, Lawndale section of Philadelphia. Authorities say a female suspect sprayed chemicals at another woman and then ran off. It happened around 1 a.m. Monday at the store on the 6800 block of Rising Sun Avenue. It's not clear at this time if a Wawa employee was involved in the encounter. Police say medics reported to the Wawa and treated the victim at the scene. Uh, the suspect reportedly fled in a blue Nissan, but no further details have been released. So I don't really know what it was she sprayed at her That's or if anybody was hurt or anything. Yeah. And then finally, three years after he won a $10 million lottery prize, a New York man has done it again. What? Juan Hernandez of Uniondale won the New York Lottery's $10 million deluxe scratch-off game (laughs) this month claiming the grand prize. And the lottery said lightning struck twice for Hernandez who won the same amount on a $350,000 cash spectacular scratch-off ticket in 2019. Come on, man. Two times. That is incredible. Uh, he, Hernandez said in a statement, I'm still trying to spend the $10 million I won in 2019. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a big problem. Uh, yeah, how his, much did the ticket cost? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, his most recent winning scratch-off was purchased at a stop-and-shop in Hampstead. He opted to cash out in a lump sum totaling $6.51 million after required withholdings. What kills me is the dude won $10 million. And he's still buying lottery <laughs> scratch-off tickets. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. And, and he, he won money that, that should have gone to you, Preston. Exactly. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> the lottery said in a statement that, as of its publication, there were still three top prizes left on the $10 million deluxe ticket. So, Jeez. wow. Yeah. All right, sports this morning. <laughs> Sixers beat New York Knicks, winning 125-109 to yesterday in Manhattan. And listen to this. Joel Embiid scored 37 points and made a career-high 23 free throws, while James Harden had a triple-double with 29 points, 16 assists, and 10 rebounds. There you go. And the Sixers made it two straight wins with their new duo. The Sixers made 39 free throws, the most in the NBA this season. Embiid finished 23-27 on free throws, and the NBA's leading scorer added nine rebounds. The two teams will play each other again on Wednesday in South Philly. Tip-off will be at 7.30. The Flyers, who beat the Caps on Saturday afternoon, are at home again tomorrow night, and they will host the Edmonton Oilers. Puck will drop at 7. And then finally, in soccer news, FIFA has decided not to immediately expel Russia from World Cup qualifying, but said that it remained an option, deciding instead the squad can play using the RFU acronym of its football federation, the Russian Football Union. The unanimous ruling by the Bureau of the FIFA Council was also that the Russian flag and anthem can't be associated with the team. FIFA also said that the RFU team can only play on neutral territory and without spectators. On Saturday, Poland said that it would refuse to play if Russia would refuse to play Russia in a World Cup qualifying. 
qualification playoff semifinal, which is scheduled for Moscow on March 24th. And that is what I have in news for you this morning, friend. Welcome to Monday. We reset. We have a new Word of the Week prize. We're setting you up with a $500 Joseph Anthony Retreat Spa and Salon gift card. card. That's where Marissa got her extensions. Oh, all my hair. Yes. And we will uh, do that. And you can uh, check out their Heavenly Soft Pack Float Treatment Luxurious Turkish Bath Experience. I'm getting hungry. Mm. Or even Botox at their med spa as well. So we will give that away. We'll get the letter of the day for the word of the week at the end of the show today. And we'll uh, we'll begin that whole Excellent. Thing. Give that away on Friday. We have a guest on the program today. We had our friends downstairs uh, at, uh, and I'm having, a, I'm drawing a blank. Paganos. Thank you, Paganos, uh, who whipped up mashed potatoes made from potato chips and the results were pretty surprising. I think you and I were giving them thumbs up. I, I'd say that the taste was uh, was good. The the consistency was a little funky, but it was um, yeah. It and all the salt good. you could want. Oh yeah. <laughs> Plenty of sodium. Uh, but we're going to we're gonna have a guy on the show this morning who had done this already after he'd heard about it and tested it out on his YouTube channel. He's called Sam the Cooking Guy. He's got millions of subscribers. And he does stuff like this, right? He does all kinds yeah. of stuff. I need to actually dive into a little bit more uh, before we talk to him, but we're going to check in with him around at 9 o'clock. But the, when we had mentioned him a few times last week about this potato chip thing, uh, we got loads of texts and yeah. emails of people who were like, this guy's awesome. I watch him all the time. That's so, cool. That's, that's cool. Great. So we'll check in with him, see what's going on. Otherwise, we'll just uh, get up to speed on this Monday morning, take a quick break, come back in a second, get in the entertainment report. A couple of uh, award shows took place late last night. Some really cool results, actually. Uh, we'll go through some of those and a uh, stupid question gives some stuff away when we return. Stay with us. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Savings are in bloom at Acme. Get four times reward points with your Acme for You app. Look for the specially marked tags on participating items throughout the store and redeem your Acme rewards for free grocery items. Or save up to a dollar per gallon on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Look for your savings in bloom bonus reward points only at Acme. Valid now through April 28th. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Download the Acme app or visit acnemarkets.com for more details. Acme Fresh Foods, Local Flavors. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So this morning, we give away for the Super Question a four-pack of tickets for the Progressive Insurance Atlantic City Boat Show. Oh, love the boat show. Yes, it starts on the second this week. So the question that we will go with, and it's our final day of uh, Black History Month, so we'll go with this question. Who is the first African-American to host his own television show in November of 1956? All right, 215-263-WMMR. Call if you know the answer. He was the first African-American to host his own television show in November of 1956. We've got a lot of birthdays to mention today. Monday, February 28th, we will start with Mr. Mario Andretti, Italian auto racer. Celebrates his 82nd birthday today. Um, so did he, he's with the, is Penske Andretti? Uh, you know what? He he might be. I get lost yeah. in all that stuff. The, the, Auto yeah. racing is not my world. It's it's uh, you know to it's fun to watch casually for me, but I don't dive into who's with who and who does what and who you know has right. done all the great things in sports because I know that Penske uh, used to have a headquarters not too far off from here. Right. We used to have some of them would listen to the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, he very well might be. 
I may be way off on that. I know that no, he is adroit at driving fast. He oh, can yeah. drive fast, yes. And he can probably say the word adroit, too. Yes, right, yeah. in Italian. So he is 82 today. Uh, Bernadette Peters has her birthday today. Oh, it's from the jerk. I love this. This is yeah. great. I know little musical moment with her and Steve Martin. You know what's interesting about this scene is... I remember seeing a documentary about Steve Martin's life, or, you know, no, maybe it was in his book. It was in his book called My Life Standing Up, and he said that, so he wrote this song, or, yeah. or they had worked really hard on this performance, and it's one of the more serious moments for a little bit in the movie, and he said that when it came on at a screening, people were getting up and leaving, like, taking that moment to go to the bathroom or right, whatever, right. he was so bummed out. It was, like, sure. his favorite part of the right, movie. Right, right, right. I think it's really sweet. But then she picks up the trumpet and starts playing it at the end, which is the humorous part of this scene. But uh, Bernadette Peters is great, man. Uh, She was in uh, Annie and Ugly Betty and loads of stuff. Remember her in The Longest Yard? She had that big beehive hairdo. Oh, my God. Right. She was the secretary he, he, uh, he bangs in the office. Yeah, she is 74 years old today. John Turturro. Oh, he's in uh, The Batman. Uh, oh, is yes, he? very he cool. Is in I... the Batman, I can say that officially. The yes, embargo, I think, is over. Yes, He's also yeah. in uh, this uh, show on Apple TV Plus called Severance that I've been watching. It's how re- is that so really far? weird? I don't know okay. if I like it or not. Um, it's good, uh, and it's got really good actors, including uh, Adam Scott and uh, Christopher Walken's in it, and Turturro, Ben um, Stiller, uh, Ben Stiller right. directed. Yeah, and uh, so it's just creepy and weird. And All right, I, I'm in. I'm in it. I just don't know if I like it. Okay. You know what I mean? It's one of those. Yeah, yeah. Where maybe you got to get three episodes in, you go, okay. All right. This so, is for me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the conceit is they, they work out a way where you can literally like partition your mind where there is you, a work part and a home part. You have to, yeah. Okay. So your work brain has no uh, connection at all to your non-work brain. Huh. So you forget everything that happens that happens at work while you are in your outside life and vice versa. Huh. So uh, Judge Duro, also great movies like uh, Quiz Show, Do the Right Thing, Mr. Rounders. Oh, I love Mr. him and Mr. D. <laughs> it's very weird. I love the whole foot scene is one of the classic dumb scenes where he sticks the fire poker into yep. uh, Deeds' foot. Uh, John is 65 today. Uh, Robert Sean Leonard, who played uh, the kid in uh, Dead Poets Society, had an unfortunate end in that movie. Hmm. Uh, he was on House, a uh, lot of other acting credits throughout his career. Uh, he is 53 today. Ah, it's our friend Gilbert Gottfried's birthday. Ah. Mm. Uh, Gilbert turns 67 years old today. We spoke to him not that long ago. About his podcast, yeah. which is great. Yeah, the colossal podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray Dawn Chong, the actress, uh, Tommy Chong's daughter. Uh, movies like Commando. <laughs> she's great in Commando. She That's is. such a junk food movie, but I love it. Uh, she's also great in The Color Purple. Yeah. Uh, a serious uh, run for her. She's and Quest for Fire. 61, yep, correct. Uh, Mercedes Rule has her birthday. You rule. You rule, Mercedes. <laughs> uh, you know what, Steve, while well, I was looking through her her credits and, of course, great movies like uh, yeah. The Fisher King. Uh, she's the mom in Big. She was in Married to the Mob. But I forgot she had a small role in one of our favorites, The Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. She's, she's the undercover cop. cop. Yeah, on the on the bench. And she, uh, James Weimer, I think it is. Ajax. Uh, right. Yeah. Has a, a handcuffs him to the, uh, yep. to the, to the bench. Yep. Uh, so she turns 74 today. Uh, it's Cindy Wilson's birthday today. One of the singers. Oh, you know what? In the B-52s. I wanted what? to do this one instead. Okay, because you hear her voice leading into this. Um, I always dug B-52s mainly because of the, the vocals. 
you know, Fred Schneider is, yes. is more the uh, the gimmick of the band. Right, but these girls, oh, together, the harmonies, oh, yeah. like great. this song, yep. Yep. Deadbeat Club. Great vocals. Uh, Cindy Wilson is 65 years old today. She and uh, Kate Pearson, the ones who melded their voices together to give us great music from the B-52. So happy 65th to her. Um, actress Ali Larter has her birthday today. She's a Jersey gal. Yes. Cherry Hill, right? Uh, I believe so. Yep. Uh, Varsity Blues. Kind of uh, put her on the map with the uh, whipped cream bikini, yep. right? Uh, she was in Heroes. She was in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> <laughs> I loved her character in Heroes, but they never showed you. She had this she basically like turned into the Hulk, or she was a rage monster. But they never showed, showed her. you. In, they only in showed rage her. mode. Yeah, they, they always show the aftermath, the aftermath right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that pissed me off. I wanted to see what she looked like when she was in the throes of that. Yeah, I liked her in uh, Legally Blonde. She was good in that as well as the, uh, the, the the one the, that they're the wealthy one. Right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's apparently. Well, I remember the conceit was is that she ran a an exercise salon in L.A. and she became famous, but she would had a tummy tuck. And that was the secret that she was keeping. Yep. Uh, So she is uh, 46 today. And uh, the last birthday I have is actor Rory Cochran. And he's kind of a uh, a character actor. Uh, He was in Dazed and Confused. Marissa was in Empire Records. Oh, my God. One of your favorites. He plays Lucas. Okay. So he's the guy who's like, do you ever look at the back of a dollar bill, man? In Dazed and Confused. I'll take your word. Oh, for, from Dan- I thought yeah. you were talking about Empire Records. So he's the one who uh, oh. robs the store. He, Do you know who he takes is? money Preston? in Empire Records. Correct me if I'm wrong, Marissa, and this could be... Way- he, I believe he is the, the mobster in Black Mass who's sitting there with his fingers in the bowl. He's not that guy. He's... Or- no, that's not him. He's one of them. He's in Black Mass. Right. I'm not sure if he's the guy with the fingers no, in the bowl or not. he's the big fat guy in, the, uh, in that one. He's also in Argo. He's oh. one of the guys who gets stuck Take in the a look. Uh, Canadian, emb- uh, Canadian Embassy. Yeah, correct. Oh, maybe. Do we have the Black that. Mass clip? I would love well, to hear yeah. If you can yeah. see if he was in Black yeah. Mass. Well, I do, while I do that, I have one more birthday for you, Preston. Okay. Oh, jeez. Buddy uh, of the show. Oh, <laughs> it's Eric Lindros' oh, birthday today. Uh, I can't believe it. We should get him on the phone. Phone. Uh, but he is, uh, how old is he? 49. Wow. Yeah. Really? I know, yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Eric celebrates another I birthday. Eric Lindros would be calling my phone. <laughs> phone. Oh, no. I have to apologize to Eric because um, we're kind of around the same age, so uh, I don't know what it was, but uh, you know, I, I sort of fell in love with you a little bit in a totally gay way. Uh, I don't know. You, you do that to guys, Eric. You do it to dudes. You do it to dudes, man. I don't know what just happened here, but it was uncomfortable. Uh, geez, these things happen. It's inevitable. Yeah. They're going to happen. And, oh, no. Um, you know, there are some some ways to, uh, to possibly... Uh, uh, Stay away from uh, from them occurring, but they will occur from time to time. So you're you're in Toronto uh, now. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So. We want you back here in Philly. Uh, <laughs> I by the way, so what, many least what, he was, of that. what he was commenting on, what Eric was commenting on, <laughs> yeah, was yeah. about the concussions that he got and then <laughs> hit uh, from Scott Stevens, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> a listener took it and then edited it and sound like he was commenting on what. That little uncomfortable moment with right. Casey. Right. You didn't actually say I lo- in a oh, totally gay way. No, he said, said it in a totally <laughs> not gay way, yeah, and they yeah. edited out not. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, by the way, look up what character uh, Rory played in Black Mass. His name was uh, Stephen Fl- uh, Flemmy, and uh, apparently the scene with uh, the, the nuts there is Weeks and Bulger. 
Okay. Uh, so I believe Weeks. he might be in that scene, but I don't think he's the guy with his fingers in the nuts. For 15 straight minutes, <laughs> I've been watching you putting your big fat fingers into your disgusting mouth, which is filled with God knows what kind of bacteria. And then you take the same big fat filthy fingers and you stuff them back into the bowl that is there for public consumption. What the f- thinking, John. Well, I wasn't thinking, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Just don't do it again. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> That's so great. It's great. Alright, uh, let's see if we can answer the super question. Who was the first African-American to host his own television show in 1956 in November of that year? 215-263-WMMR is the number, and we will go to Dan, see if we can get an answer. Hey, Dan, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning, Dan. All right, so uh, who was the first to uh, host his own television show in 1956? First, our African-American man. That would be the Nat King Cole show. The great. Yes. yes, you are correct, sir. Hang on, Dan. Incredible voice. We just got you a four-pack of tickets for the Progressive Insurance Atlantic City Boat Show Wednesday through Sunday at the Atlantic City Convention Center. You can get your tickets today at acboatshow.com. Preston, can I correct my uh, stoner movies? I had a stoner movie mix-up. I said the Roy Crocker, or whatever his name is, said the the dollar bill line. That was from Half-Baked, and that was Jon Stewart. Rory was uh, was talking about Martha Washington being a hip, hip, hip lady. Ah, Okay. You went down a slippery road there. Right? Well, yeah. I think I was like having PTSD over here. <laughs> well, another movie stuff. We have the box office over the weekend. Number one was Uncharted, made twenty three point two million. Followed by Dog, Spider Man, No Way Home, Death on the Nile, Jackass Forever, Sing Two was number six. Followed by Marry Me, Studio Six 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 came in at number eight. <laughs> you know, not bad. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be a uh, yeah. explosive uh, take at the bo- at the uh, box office. Cyrano was nice. Followed by Scream at number 10 with 1.3 million. Last night, the 28th annual Screen Actors Guild Awards aired on TNT and TBS. Uh, Together Again was the theme of the show. And for the third year in a row, uh, there was no host. And there were some really cool victories last night. Uh, And I was really excited to see this. The big award, outstanding performance by a cast and a motion picture, went to CODA which is for children of deaf adults, Mm -hmm. deaf adults. Um, I love this movie. I've watched this movie, I think, five times now. What? Yeah, we watched it uh, twice. Rochelle and I did together. We showed our kids another time. I showed my mom and sister. Uh, It's just a movie that I keep going back to. It's out freaking standing. It is wonderful. You guys have seen it? Have you seen it? I've not seen it. Oh, I was sobbing at the end. It is there's so a good, good. There's a good eight cries in the movie. Yes. Like, last time I watched it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to how many times I get choked up here. And <laughs> I it's definitely want to see it. It's not necessarily sad crying. It's yeah. inspiring. It's, it's, it's some heartbreaking, but it is a wonderful film. And a good cast. I don't think, except... Um, uh, the mom. I don't think there's any like big stars in it, right? No, not really. So Marley Maitland is, mm-hmm. and and by the way, the the, the main family is about. They're all deaf. Yeah, uh, except for the daughter, the the Libra. She's a hearing uh, child and and uh, of deaf adults. But it's a fantastic movie. Uh, best performance by male actor in a leading role: Will Smith for King Richard. That's pretty cool. And that's a great performance. I was telling you guys about it the other day. Yeah, I'm like the dude. Is a great actor. He, yes, He's just he outstanding. Is. Legitimately, and it's a really good movie. Performance by a female actor in a leading role, Jessica Chastain for *The Eyes of Tammy Faye*. Have you guys watched that? Yes, yeah. oh, yeah. so good. She's great in that. 
Uh, a male actor in television movie or limited series went to Michael Keaton for Dope Sick. And I know we have audio of Michael Keaton <laughs> accepting his award. He was actually in, in the, the bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> we have that. Goes on for about 30 that. seconds, and go. then he makes it to the stage. So, And the actor goes to Michael Keaton. Keaton. Dope Sick. So they're looking for him. Camera's looking for him. One of these classic moments, and everyone's looking around. <laughs> I guess somebody ran back and told him. <laughs> and he makes his way to the stage. And he kind of jumps up yeah. onto the stage. He had, he had to roll. He instead of taking the stairs. <laughs> I have stage fright. Come on, Michael. Come on, Michael. He comes running up. And he kind of jumps up on there. Thank you very much. Sorry. Quick trick to the men's room. <laughs> it is packed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have another clip of him. Yes. This is when he was uh, giving a speech. Here we go. Thanks to everyone involved in this. But mostly... Given the subject matter... This is for my nephew Michael and my sister Pink. So it's her so movie. He called, took his own life, right? It, it's an, it was an OD. Uh, oh, it's an so OD. so uh, the movie's called Dope Sick, mm-hmm. and so his nephew uh, overdosed on it was a fentanyl. Mm. I lost Michael. I lost my nephew Michael to drugs, and it hurts. This is for my sister Pam. Thanks. Oh my God. Wow! Yeah, that is just that's that just wrecks you. So, um, well, he won the award. He was able to uh, to dedicate it. So that's a wonderful thing. Uh, also, winning for female actor in a television movie or limited series was Kate Winslet from Air of Easttown. Hey, hey, hey. Listen, she's cleaning up with that role. She deserves it, man. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Un- <laughs> Ensemble in a drama series went to Succession. Yeah. Have uh, you watched any of those yet? No. Uh-uh. Oh man, it's you love it. It's totally worth it. Yeah, okay. it's, it's worth the journey. Uh, female actor in a drama series went to uh, Jung Hyo Yun for Squid Game. There were two big ones. Male actor in a drama series went to Lee Jong Jae. It's pretty wild for Squid Game yeah. as well. Like I thought, that? I thought Squid Game was solid. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't blown away by the performances, but good for them. Yeah, people loved it. Yeah. Uh, ensemble in a comedy series went to Ted Lasso, so everybody on that uh, cast won. Uh, female actor in a comedy series went to Gene Smart for Hacks. Amazing. Yep. Uh, male actor in a comedy series also went to Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. Uh, female actor in a supporting role, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Uh, and then a male actor in a supporting role went to Troy Kotsur, who plays the dad in the movie Coda. So he's the first deaf uh, mail to win uh, that award. So watch for, uh, obviously, this is a good indicator for where the Oscars might go. Mm. Yeah, and he is up for uh, yeah. Best Actor in Oscar. I think it's, I don't know if it's in the leading role or not. Uh, and then they do uh, Stunt Awards, which is cool. Stunt Ensemble in a Motion Picture went to No Time to Die, and Stunt Ensemble in a Television Series went to Squid Game. 
Uh, and then they did a Lifetime Achievement Award, and that went to Helen Mirren. So, did you watch it when it aired? I just watched no. clips. I didn't even know it was on. And I've totally forgotten. It's our. It's and our, we're in the uh, union. It's our yeah. union. Man, we I suck. Know. And uh, but I tell you what, I did the the clips that I did see of it. It looked pretty cool. Yeah. It looked like they were having a good time. And it was moving, apparently. Yeah. Like, so. they didn't dawdle. So yep. there's a guy that we know, and I don't know if you guys remember or not, his, his name's Brian Cavallucci. He works for oh, uh, yeah. Subaru. Brian's a great guy, and uh, whenever we do the live broadcast over at Subaru, uh, he comes over and says hello. And uh, he was there last night. I don't know how he got a ticket, but he posted a, a photo up on his Instagram of him and Will Smith. Wow. Nice. Like, Dude, this is pretty badass, so congrats, Brian, and it's a nice. really cool thing. By the yeah. way, eventually. I know. Can we get him on the freaking show? Well, I, I almost messaged him last night. I was like, hey, uh, put in a good word yeah. for Preston and Steve show, but I wanted him to live in his own moment. Say this to Will Smith. You ever want to work with Zack Snyder? Right. We know him. Well, he had another win uh, this weekend as well. The 53rd NAACP Image Award winners were announced uh, during the television portion, televised portion of the event on Saturday. Entertainer of the Year went to Jennifer Hudson. Outstanding motion picture was The Harder They Fall. Outstanding actor in a motion picture went to Will Smith for King Richard. Outstanding actress in a motion picture went to Jennifer Hudson for Respect. Uh, outstanding comedy series was Insecure. Outstanding actor in a comedy series was Anthony Anderson for Blackish. Outstanding actress in a comedy series was Issa Rae for Insecure. Actress in a drama series went to Angela Bassett for 911. An outstanding actor in a drama series went to Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. The award season is underway, gang. Oh, yeah. Here we go. All right, last week, Amanda Bynes filed court documents to end her nine-year conservatorship, a move that Page Six reports is supported by her parents. Uh, Bynes was placed under a conservatorship by her mother, Lynn Bynes, in August 2013. At the time, the Amanda Show actress was placed on an involuntary psychiatric hold for allegedly starting a fire in an elderly woman's driveway. I remember that. In November 2014, Bynes tweeted that she had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Uh, she has maintained a positive relationship with her parents, and a lawyer said that uh, she and her parents see the significant progress that she's made in managing her diagnosis. Her lawyer added that the conservatorship uh, was only ever meant to be temporary. Isn't she so, getting married soon, too? You know what? I don't remember. Yeah, <clears throat> that was, I thought that was in the news, that she had um, gotten engaged, and she has kind of like a... A quasi rocker boyfriend and so on and so on. I think the the more she stays away from entertainment, the better yeah, she's going to be. I agree, probably. You know? So, uh, during his fifth time hosting Saturday Night Live over the weekend, comedian John Mulaney dove straight into his personal life following a complicated year, as he called it. In December 2020, Mulaney said that he went to a friend's house for dinner. He said it was not a dinner; it was an intervention for me, my least favorite kind of intervention. <laughs> he said I knew right away it was an intervention. You know how bad a drug problem that you have. Uh, to you have to have if when you open a door and see people gathered, your first thought is this is an intervention about my drug problem. There's no other reason that people would be behind a door. It was a great um, a monologue when comedians host the show, like accomplished comedians, and they yeah. and they do a solid monologue. And they <laughs> grab a microphone, they right, and right. they just, and they just do what they do because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll end up uh, someone who's not that accomplished. They do a song, you know, they do some sort of. Quirky, yeah. quirky little number, but he just did what he does best, and it was hilarious. I yeah. thought the entire episode was great. I mean, John Mulaney very, episodes yeah. almost guaranteed, and I don't know if he takes a more active role in the writing. He's but got the, to. But the, the, the skits are almost always I mean, on a the, higher level. The very first skit, Monkey Judge, when when it's when he comes out, I was like, "This is going to be dumb," and I was like, "Oh my god, this is great! This is so." <laughs> they, good. Basically, Preston, the, the story in the skit is that a woman was attacked by a neighbor's monkey. She went over to visit. 
And so the, the lawyer says this, this, the only way this can go bad is, is if we get this particular judge. And the judge is actually a monkey. Oh, God. And uh, so it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Mulaney was in rehab from December uh, to February 2021. And he, quote, broke up with his drug dealers via text this during this time. And he relayed that one of his drug dealers was a painter whom only got drugs from Mulaney because he was worried about him and wanted to prevent him from getting something worse off of the street. And he said, I like that story because there are many tales of drug dealers who have turned innocent people into drug addicts. I might be the first drug addict to turn an innocent man into a drug dealer. <laughs> Uh, of his 12-week-old son, Malcolm, whom he shares with Olivia Munn, Mulaney said his legs are like little calzones. I want to eat them. He said life is a lot better and happier now. Speaking of SNL, uh, they skipped the cold open this weekend, and they began the show with an emotional tribute to Ukraine instead. Uh, Kate McKinnon and Cicely Strong introduced the Ukrainian chorus, Dumka of New York, who performed Prayer for Ukraine. We have a little audio if you want to hear. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, hang on. Where? Oh, there it is. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ukrainian chorus Dumka of New York. This is called Prayers for Ukraine. I was trying to determine if this was the national anthem. I don't think it is. I do not know. I just know it's called Prayer for Ukraine. Uh, so very traditional uh, move for them. Speaking of uh, Ukraine, Dancing with Stars alum uh, Maxim uh, Chmerkovsky had called out his former partner Kirstie Alley over a tweet that she posted on the war in Ukraine. In the since-deleted tweet, Alley wrote, um, I don't know what's real or what is fake in this war, so I won't be commenting. I'll pray instead. Uh, Chmerkovsky, who had been sharing updates from the Ukrainian capital at Kiev, uh, took to Instagram to address Ali's words. He wrote in his stories, Dear Kirsty, we haven't spoken in a while, but I clearly remember being right next to you while you were organizing trucks of aid during Hurricane Sandy, and I remember all that you were saying to me about situations where innocent are suffering. The same energy is needed right now. No one needs your prayer if you don't know if it's what's real or fake. Uh, in a video posted to Instagram on Saturday, he assured fans that he's safe, but that he is in the eye of the storm. He asked viewers to please make your voice be heard. And just spread the word that needs uh, to pause. So he is right there amongst all that stuff going on. Hey, this is messed up, dude. Us Weekly exclusively reports that following murder party actor Matthew Rondo's arrest, former Miss USA uh, Shanna Mochler was issued an emergency protective order. And the details of the case are disturbing. An officer described the dispute in a report. And he wrote, uh, Rondo grabbed the victim by the hair, swinging her uh, by her hair on the ground. He then grabbed her face and neck, threw a chair at the victim, and then urinated on her. Holy hell. Leaving visible injuries, right? Oh, it's awful. Yeah. So this is uh, this is Travis Barker's ex, right? Yeah. yeah. Shannon Shannon Mo- so, wow. I didn't know all this was going on. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that story. She has a very volatile life. Yes. Very volatile. Uh, let's go to some lighter stuff. According to Yahoo News, Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet are giving love another chance. Whoa! This is the second the love and another chance story we've had uh, well, take in recent it, memory. Call it the third precedent after J-Lo and Ben Affleck. That's true. There you we go. go too, yeah. Love springs eternal. A source told Hollywood Life that Momoa moved back in with Bonet two weeks ago and that the pair are very much back together. 
This comes a month after uh, they had announced that they were divorcing. So Any reports of canoodling? We'll see what this goes. No canoodle reports okay. as of now. That'll be a milestone if but they I, reach it. I do have a report of uh, Chelsea Handler uh, posting a video to Instagram showing herself skiing down a slope topless for her birthday, <laughs> holding a drink in one hand and a blunt in the other. So, so that's her tradition. Continued yeah. her tradition by doing that. Uh, and uh, she captioned the post doing all the things that I, with the man that I love, uh, referring to her bo- boyfriend, Joe Coy, who also appears topless in the video, but he is riding a snowmobile. So she had flags. She had uh, the American and Canadian flags and did not have sparklers on her this time around. But it is so funny. And they're clearly, they're out like like no one is out on this no, ski no, slope. No, uh-huh. no. Th- that is not a regular standard ski slope. And it That's has got to be awesome. effing freezing. Look at how beautiful that is. Yeah. I mean, that, that, uh, that landscape. Is he on a snowmobile? Yeah, he's on a snowmobile. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so good for her. She continues it on. Um, Nicey Nash and her wife Jessica Betts made history as the first same sex couple featured on the cover of Essence for the publication's March April 2022 issue. Nash posted a photo of the cover to Instagram on Friday along with the caption making her story. Thank you, Essence, for choosing the Betts as your first same-sex couple to cover your magazine. Uh, People reports that the pair have been married for two years, by the way, so they got to be on the cover. Uh, Let me see. What else do I have to hear? What time is it? Good time for another one here. Uh, After the success of West Side Story, the remake, Steven Spielberg is continuing to mine the canon of the 1960s cinema for inspiration. According to a report from Deadline, the Oscar winner is attached to direct an action film based on Bullet, the 1968 film starring Steve McQueen. That's such a classic. Rather than a remake, the project is reportedly a new original story featuring the character of Frank Bullet. Uh, Steve McQueen's son, Chad, and granddaughter, Molly McQueen, will board the film as executive producers. So, Bullet was one of the first, you know, anti-hero hero movies. Like, you know, it was it was right. a super cool, really solidified Steve McQueen's legend, you know, as that, as that cool character. And, of course, that's one of the great iconic car chases of all time. Mm-hmm. Spielberg has been eyeing this project for a long time, but he's met some roadblocks along the way. Finally, they have found a way to move forward. Uh, the original Bullet, directed by Peter Yates, stars McQueen as a San Francisco police officer who turns violent in his quest to take down the crime boss who killed a witness that he had in protection. Jacqueline Bissett and Robert Vaughn also star in the film, which was adapted from the novel Mute Witness by Robert L. Pike. And uh, as Steve had said, yes, it is one of the greatest American car chases uh, in movies, and uh, it inspired many, many other filmmakers. So they'll obviously have to do a big nod to that. Robert Duvall's in it too, Preston. He plays a uh, excuse me, he plays a cab driver, and uh, you know it's kind of a small role, but he's as intense as always. Yep. All right, ready for clips? All right, let's do them. Uh, the drama series Viking Valhalla chronicles the beginning of the end of the Viking Age, marked by the Battle of Stamford Bridge in 1066. Your actress Caroline Henderson defends her survival skills of the time. I think I would have survived as well because, you know, that period in history, I would have been able to choose my own destiny, more or less, you know. So I think I would survive as well. I mean, I would have, you know, fought my way through. Shut the f- up! Viking. <laughs> oh, by the way, they had uh, on Netflix. Mark Summers was portrayed by one of the cast members on SNL over the weekend. No way. Yes. Yeah. Really? They did a double dare thing? They, well, they, they talked about the history of slime 
and, okay. and the different consistencies of and slime. You can't do that yeah, on right, television. Right, right. And so they had a, a Mark Summers character. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Next clip. In Studio 666, Foo Fighters move into a haunted mansion to record their 10th album. Once in the house, Dave finds himself fighting with supernatural forces that threaten both the competition of the album, uh, the completion of the album, and the lives of the band. In this clip, Dave Grohl talks about the fun that he had filming with his bandmates. I loved the the idea that a singer would be so possessed that he would kill and eat his band over creative differences. It was fun to come up with all of these wonderful, creative, hilarious ways to kill the band. Uh, Studio, si- <laughs> Studio 66 is in theaters now. I'm going to see it. I, I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Uh, I heard there's a good uh, Pearl Jam gag in it. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently they do uh, like the Pearl Jam high five quite a bit, you know, from the cover of 10. Oh, uh, no and, way. And uh, so Eddie saw it and he thought it was hilarious, but I, I haven't seen it yet. I really want to check it out. That's great. Excellent. All right. There you go. Your entertainment report for today. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. Joining us on the program later on, Sam, the cooking guy, uh, YouTube star. And uh, he is he was sort of the inspiration for us to do the potato chip mashed potatoes, uh, which we did on Friday. So we're going to check in with him around nine o'clock this morning. Hang in there. We'll be back in a little bit. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. You know what I did all weekend? What? I noticed things, so you don't have to. That's right. The noticer spent an entire weekend noticing all the noticing he has done. Uh, I noticed so much it hurt. Across an empty field, down an empty alleyway, his head darting back and forth on a swivel. He is the noticer. All right. And we're not going to make him wear his mask. Not today, no. Uh, I'm going to start with this. A Britain-based, plant-based pet food company called Omni is offering to pay a dog owner more than $6,000 to switch their pet's diet for two months and then keep track of the smell of their dog's poop. Really? So, yes, you you would have to. Part of the requirement is that you have to lean down, take a sniff or two, and then give your comments on what it smells like. So, when your dogs go in the backyard and you go out and pick it up and squish it between your fingers, do you take take a sniff (laughs) while you're doing that? I do not. Okay, yeah. To me, that's disgusting. It is horribly disgusting. But they're going to give you more than $6,000. I'll tell you what, though. I think you'll notice this. Sometimes, depending on what they eat, You'll be surprised at how potent, even outside, yeah. a dog dump can be. Yes, most definitely. And uh, I'm sure they want you to comment on the you know, the consistency of it as well. The taste. So they are... <laughs> how does that... I don't know if you. It's oh. a little... Dude, <laughs> one, one of the best... Oh. In, uh, what was it, American Wedding? Uh, we know in one of the American Pie movies, right, and right, eventually right, they yeah, got yeah. that far. There's a scene, and by then you were like, look, I'm not even going to watch this movie, but there's a scene... Where Stifler is trying to, they, the dog eats the engagement ring, right, and right. he's got to follow it around and try and grab it uh, because it was his fault that the dog ate the, the ring. And he he uses this little piece of paper from like an appetizer or something like that, you know. And he picks it up, and he doesn't want the mother-in-law to know that the dog. And he uh-huh. <laughs> shoves it in his mouth 
and it's hard it's to watch while he's doing that because you think he's eating dog crap. We remember Divine. Oh my God, Divine! Literally, the 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 uh, the movie was Pink Flamingos. Yeah, Divine, the actor actress. Uh, there's a scene, and there's not a cut. There's not an edit. There's nothing. John Waters directed this movie. <laughs> the dog takes a crap. Divine picks it up and eats it, and not only eats it, but has the look on her face of, oh, this is so delicious. And, I mean, it's like, how can a human <sighs> being don't, don't know. do right. that? I mean, it, even it, just thinking of it, it, yeah. it makes me oh. start to gag. Let me ask you guys a question. I mean, of edible food, is there an edible food out there that you absolutely, positively just are repulsed by the taste? Probably, but I can't think of one okay. right now. None, because none one, come to mind. Okay. Where I'm literally like, I'm going to throw up if I eat that. Nothing All right. I've has come across my plate so far that there's, does that. There's been some seafood that I've that I've had before and gone, oh, that's just that's gross. Because yes. I'm wondering if with that, would you be able to, as far as acting is concerned, be able to t- take a bite and eat it and have a smile on your face and act wow. like you love it? You, you got to realize you. Divine lived on the on the edge there. No, uh, I know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I maybe not if it yeah. was if it was powerful enough. You know, it I'm depends really on the sure. role. I think yeah. <laughs> if I'm playing Lincoln, perhaps there's something else we can talk about. <laughs> like so, eating crap to yes, the, start the work week. About that it, it, is, <laughs> it is breakfast yeah. time for most yeah, people, rather, so it is appropriate. The winning applicant of this will get uh, six thousand six hundred eighty-five dollars for reporting on their dog's frequency of bowel movements, poop odor, energy levels, behavior, sleep. Patterns, weight, and fur condition. You remember we had an intern years ago who had a dog and and fed the dog a vegan diet or what she perceived as a vegan diet, and uh, both she, and she was trying it as well, taking a dive into it. Her <laughs> hair started to fall out. Yeah. The dog was not. The, the dog's like, why am I? He's like, I got fangs. Yeah. I have fangs. This is meant to kill other animals to eat. And you're feeding me vegetables. And, and the dog's like. <laughs> Hey, dude, my dogs love carrots. Yeah. Love That's them. That's fine, but they also like meat. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just saying that they will eat, and you know, a lot of dog food has vegetables in it. So I have also sweet, sweet potatoes. And, yeah. Uh, they love sweet potatoes as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was yeah. wild to watch that. Yeah. All right. So anyhow, if you're interested, they're, they're offering over six grand. You can get in touch with them. They are called Omni. Uh, I noticed this other thing, uh, and apparently... I've heard this before, but this gives more details on why it is a medical myth that you should put hydrogen peroxide on a wound. That's always been a long-standing uh, deal. You'd put it on, you'd see it start to bubble up. The, my understanding was it was helping kill an infection. Not necessarily. So oh. emergency room physician. I mean, it does, but but it may be causing damage, too. So here's Would the Would you be more correct applying dog poop to the wound? Let's give it a <laughs> try. Right. Uh, emergency room physician, Dr. Michael Digno, Dignault, however you want to say his name, writes, unfortunately, this deeply held belief extends across multiple cultures and generations. The underlying inaccurate consensus seems to be that the level of is generated. That's what I always thought. Equates to how well the wound is clean. I thought so too. Yeah. Uh, he notes that while hydrogen peroxide does not have known, amp- uh, it does have known antiseptic properties. It may do more harm than good when it comes to wound care. Uh, the issue is that while hydrogen peroxide can help clean, it doesn't know the difference between bacteria cells and your own cells that are helping to heal your wound. So instead of helping. 
you can actually be causing corrosive tissue damage by applying it to your wounds. Well, it needs to say that on the label. Impairing the healing process, and you could even be irreversibly worsening the scarring process. Um, all my life, yes. that's been a part of yep. the procedure when I get cut. Yep. The take-home message is you shouldn't clean wounds with hydrogen peroxide or other caustic first aid antiseptics such as rubbing alcohol. I Another that, one. Yeah. Oh, what do you, Instead, okay. stick to using clean water to gently rinse your wound and then apply a small amount of triple antibiotic cream and cover it with a clean dressing for smaller cuts and scrapes. By the way, you know what I've determined that the liquid band-aids... That stuff. Yeah. So I, originally I screwed up because I had a bigger cut, and I didn't realize it's primarily for like a paper cut or something that's smaller. And so, okay, I, it didn't work on the big cut on my head. It doesn't really work at all. <laughs> yeah, like, I, even on small cuts, it's like, first off, it's eternal. Once you put it on, it takes forever for it to go away, mm-hmm. to just sort of wear off. And then when I, like, finally scratched a little bit off on the cut that I had put it on, the cut opened up again. I'm like... This is this is BS. So what is the? I've never used that stuff. I've because I've, no I've had idea. surgery where they've they've closed the the openings with with whatever they're like using. A glue, right? Like well, yeah, it's like almost like a, like a crazy glue type right. derivative, and that worked. But this, I assume it's the same stuff. I assume it's essentially like crazy glue or glue that's that's uh, closing the wound or su- supposed to close the wound. What's, what's Have the, you guys used it? What is no. the product? Uh, I forget the name. It basically looks like nail polish remover okay. with a little brush, yeah. and you put it on, and it's liquid Band-Aid, I think they call it. Okay. Well, maybe it's not supposed to seal it up. Maybe it's just supposed New to... New skin, that's it. Liquid bandage, uh, flexible seal for hard-to-cover places. I don't know, Steve. They use this a lot. Um, people are going to freak out that I say this, but like if you get a, a manicure and they kind of cut your cuticle, yeah, and it, it's bleeding, they'll like put it on really quickly because yeah. it's the only way to continue the manicure. Why would people freak out if you said that? Because if I say that, people are going to say you shouldn't go anywhere that cuts your fingers. It's it's a very dangerous. Well, you're but not I mean, requesting it, it. Yeah, and while you're doing happens. that, could you lacerate my fingers? <laughs> yeah. you hear hey, by the stories. way, could you botch this surgery? Yeah, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> You hear horror yeah. stories from that, yeah. and then, you know, incidents happening and things like before that. Before you but, do my, yeah, just remove kinda... that in, you're, yeah, have some drinks before you come into surgery. No, I, yeah. I know you're right, because it's so quick to go to, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. One time when I was a kid, I'd, I forgot how I did it, but I cut my finger, put a Band-Aid on it, and um, I just, I left the Band-Aid on there for too long without ever taking it off, and I eventually took it off, and my finger had just looked mangled, I, and I assumed it had gotten infected. My, and I've talked about this before. My mom put some red stuff on there. What was it? Holy God. Iodine? Did that iodine? It wasn't iodine. It was something else. It might have been Mercurochrome. Mercurochrome. Oh. Okay. Yes. Uh, not Bactine. Uh, no, it wasn't Bactine. It was okay. this red stuff. And I remember bactine. I remember we talked about this one time and people texted in or had mentioned what it was. And my God, did that hurt. I mean, that was excruciatingly painful. Now, it was because it, the cut had gotten so bad. I love yes, but I'd love oh. to know there was one. You're exactly right, Preston. That I remember my mother putting on years and years ago that hurt more than the actual wound. Oof. But look at the story. Like Jeff Devlin, who told us he got a splinter yeah. in his finger and had to have surgery. He was about to have his hand amputated. It was a staph infection. Yeah. Yeah. Is it called a mercurochrome? Yeah, mercur- mercurochrome. Okay. Yeah, I think that might have been it. But uh, they still make it and they still sell it. Yeah. It's a mind blower that hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. I, I bet you people are reeling hearing this because that is a go to. Well, I still I mean, do it. As a kid, if you cut yourself and your parents were trying to address the, the cut, 
If they brought out the alcohol, you'd bug out. But if they brought out the hydrogen peroxide, you're like, okay. That actually feels... It doesn't it, stay. It Look, doesn't it's stay working. The thing is, little did you know that you're actually shutting off your, your defense system. But no. you're right, man. Alcohol mm-hmm. was instant pain. Yeah. Instant pain. And when we got splinters as a kid, I don't think we owned a pair of tweezers in my house. My mom would take out a pin. A needle. Same, 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 same. Did no, she light it on Did she light the needle yes. on fire? Yeah, to, to sanitize no, it. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe threw alcohol on it. Or no, My mom would always, uh, a flame underneath it, and yeah, Steve was to get rid of any quote-unquote bacteria that yeah. were on there, and then you would jam a needle into your Remember when your skin. mom would forget and set your hand on yeah, fire? You yeah, you know, I'm like, Mom, that hurts. <laughs> no, the needle, Mom. I have uh, Cindy, who is a nurse and wants to comment on the uh, liquid band-aid stuff, so let's go, to, let's go to Cindy. Hi, Cindy. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Good morning, Cindy. Nurse Cindy. Good morning. I I was calling to clarify. So what you're talking about is Dermabond. It's a surgical grade adhesive that they use to close wounds in certain cases. Right. The liquid bandage is just more of like a paint on. It's covering it so you don't get, you know, debris and dirt and stuff in it. But it's not going to seal it closed. Okay. So so then inside out. Well, thanks. Thanks for the for the insight on that. So so then. What is the purpose, if you given your druthers, would you use that or just a regular Band-Aid? I would absolutely say a little bit of Neosporin or triple antibiotic ointment and a Band-Aid. Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm getting rid of my liquid bandage then. I, and that stuff burns too. It just burns. It's it's not even fun to use. So. Yeah. Scam. Thank you, Cindy. Cindy, while we oh, have my you, pleasure. while we have okay. you on, I've used Aquaphor instead of Neosporin. Is that a replacement? It's like it is not. It's actually a good barrier cream, and it's going to keep your skin from drying out and from cracking, but it's not going to give it the um, the antibiotic um, component. Damn it. Okay. There <laughs> you go. My mom was right. So, and, and what you, though. Do you buy into this uh, hydrogen peroxide assessment that is actually can be oh, counterproductive? We, I've been a nurse for 20 years, and we learned that back in nursing school. Yeah, it's absolutely. And I've had some piercings. Since I was a teenager, you know, 30 years ago. So they always said, it, don't use hydrogen peroxide. Wow. It does All right. impede healing. So, then then yeah. I have to ask, what the hell is hydrogen peroxide good for? Um, I don't know, but not, <laughs> not healing tissue. I can okay. tell you that. Oh, man. When I go to the dentist... They have me rinse with it first. Hydrogen well, peroxide. That's, Hydrogen peroxide. That's because Absolutely. your skin's not broken. So if you have unbroken skin, it's fine. If the skin's broken, that's where you don't want to use it. Wow. Huh. Wow. This okay. Is, wow. Wow. Makes me feel like Owen Wells. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Cindy. We appreciate it. Right. Have a great day, guys. So it's we'll a see. mind blower. Um, all right, and people want to correct me on the Mercura Chrome. Uh, let's go. We had Cindy on. Now we have... Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Don't start. Hey, Marsha. Don't start. Don't start. We won't. You've heard it your life, your whole life. What's up? Good morning, it. Good Good morning, morning it to you. With the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Because they usually go, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. So what what do you... What 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 uh, what are you going to hip us to as far as a uh, way to okay, treat a wound? Methylate. Methylate, methylate not burn like hell. Yeah, the red stuff. Yes. Yeah, we're yes. looking at like Nick pulled up a picture ratchet. of it. Yeah. yeah. What, Marshall, would it leave would it leave like a stain on your skin if you applied it? What? Would it would it like stain your skin because I remember there was something that yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. It, All right. It was like a reddish orange and it hurt. Okay. I mean, it was hell. Yeah. I'd rather fall. 
Yeah. yeah okay. Sorry, it would rather <laughs> fall. <laughs> it, was it was really bad. All right, All right. Marcia. Thank you. I love you, guys. I love, love you, too. Marcia, Marcia, Marcia. Hi, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Marsha was feisty this morning. She's going to come Marcia. looking for you, Case. Um, by the way, due to its mercury content, uh, Mercurochrome and, and the one that she described are no longer sold in Switzerland, Brazil, U.S., and a few other countries. So, mercury? Yeah, there's mercury in that stuff. And <laughs> Take, Drink mercury. That'll yeah. help you. That'll fix it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, anyhow, listen, you have been told yet again, and it won't matter. This will go on forever. People are yeah. going to keep on putting hydrogen peroxide in their wounds. Don't use the liquid bandage because it's not It's not a replacement for a Band-Aid, we found out. And hydrogen peroxide is a scam. Mm. All right. Here's another story that I noticed over the week, and I had to share this. I think this is out of San Francisco because it mentions the Bay Area, but there are a few bays. So the Millennium Tower, is that in San Francisco? Can you look that up Francisco, for me? Francisco, that's fun to say. Is that the is that the pointed building in San Francisco? I don't the, think so. That was the I forgot that. Is it the Arc de Triomphe? No, the port the, the pointed one. Um, that started. That was like the Allstate building or something. Like it was that? a different Trans America. Trans America. And this ah. one is in San Francisco at the okay. Millennium Tower. Yeah, but right. this is different. So. The Millennium Tower is not only sinking, but it's also tilting. I, have you seen pictures of it? You can actually see a percentage of tilt to the building. So the sliding, triggering, uh, uh, the it's also sliding, triggering a problem with one of its key systems. And the engineer responsible for the ongoing retrofit of the troubled tower, Ron Hamburger, <laughs> acknowledged last year... Uh, what he called horizontal movement of the 10-foot-thick foundation mat. Uh, and it's one, just on the mat, huh? Yeah. In one analysis, engineers estimate that the building had moved as much as a half an inch, but Hamburger said in response to questions this week that the tower base has moved a full inch since construction. So they sh- they had a picture of it, and I don't know if they were effing with the picture to make it look like it was more in in the photograph I saw, you could see an actual tilt to it. So maybe they were showing the eventual. Sorry, Marissa's watching a movie. Sorry, I was trying to like clip up, and the computer wasn't muted. Okay, okay. All right. my apologies. That's uh, that's okay. So uh, that movement, apparently, uh, Ron Hamburger acknowledged to city officials in August is creating a widening gap between the 58-story high-rise and the mid-rise building adjacent to it. Wow. Which houses a five-floor underground parking garage that serves a tower. Now, Dave Hotdog is the guy who converted <laughs> yeah. that one. Uh, and he says that they don't have anything to do with it. But Hamburger says that he doesn't think that the gap will get worse during the ongoing work to stop the building from sinking. Once the work is completed, he said, settlement will stop at the northeast corner and the fix should offset some of the tilt. But imagine that, like, a you know, a 50-plus story building. Mm-hmm. is It's almost 60 stories uh, starting to sag and tilt a little bit. See, so I'm always, always thinking of that scene in Cloverfield where the one building is, has fallen onto the other. Do you, do you think structurally most buildings, if tipped over like that... You remember that? Would be able to hold, yeah, Would yeah, because they, they jump from one building to, to the, the other. Next. Yeah. I mean, structurally, does that even seem feasible? I don't know. Man. I don't know, man. I, there was there was a missile strike in one of the buildings in Ukraine over the weekend, yeah. and it like took out a chunk of the building, and the rest of the building stayed standing. standing. And yeah. I was like, how can a missile go through a chunk of a building and the rest of the building stay up? And it just, I don't know. So, Steve, like sometimes you see them lean a little bit, like that one's going down, and yeah. sometimes you're like, well, I guess they're constructed for this and who knows and then you had like the world trade center when that went down that just all the heat yeah had heated up that pancake down all that uh all yeah. that um 
uh, jet fuel and caused it to collapse direct directly straight down. It's crazy. Um, so anyhow, they they feel that uh, that it should work out okay. It'll it's, work out. <laughs> uh, it's good news for the problematic elevator system that links the garage to the tower, where the widening gap had uh, prompted state elevator inspectors to issue a preliminary com- uh, compliance order. In May of 2019. Look at the buildings pressed in town in, in Miami, the collapse we had a little while ago, yeah. and how they were noticing telltale signs of yeah. you know, cracks in the walls, and then and then the pool started to leak down into the garage, mm-hmm. uh, all those things. I, I uh, You know, that's, that's a tough se- sell, especially yep. in San Francisco, which has a history with earthquakes. The, uh, there are two famous residents in that building, uh, well, maybe several, but uh, two of them include uh, Joe Montana and Hunter Pence, who used to play for the Phils. Really? They really? In the, uh, yeah, in that Millennium Tower. Oh, it's a condo? Or? It's, a, it's both. Okay. Yeah, it's, condo so it has, it's also a dessert. It has oh, a dessert. Uh, there's oh, a wow. dessert floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, um, well, then we should get him on the phone. You want me to yeah. text Hunter? Well, who is this? Right. Hunter Pence? <laughs> yeah, hi, it's the President Steve of Philadelphia. Is your building tilting? <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Hello? Uh, I still have his number. Hey, well, guess who just texted me? Eric Lindros. Stop it. Yeah, just now. Why? Did you I text him, him? I wish him happy birthday. All right, oh. I'll get both these guys on the phone. All right. All yeah. right. Hey, Hunter, it's... I never thought you were calling my phone. All right, I noticed something else. Okay. I noticed noticed another thing, or two, actually. Uh, This one's interesting. Eric Lindros is leaning? (laughs) No. The Food and Drug Administration authorized for the first time a condom specifically... For butt stuff, I saw this. Well, I, you can, actually you can use it for both now. Apparently. Yeah. Well, why? <laughs> the condom's not based on the receptacle. It's based on the the uh, the in, the I invader. Know. I don't know. In much other words, about... the condom is not. <laughs> well, Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know it's, what you're saying, but there, there so may be the considerations uh, to take as far as I don't know the construction of it. And was it wrapped in toilet paper? I don't. <laughs> Maybe there's some. <laughs> <laughs> Just wrap some toilet paper on. Kill two birds. Yeah. Oh, Public health experts have long advocated for the authorization because it could encourage more people to use condoms while having uh, that uh, type of sex. To prevent the spread of STIs and HIV, of course. Well, why don't they just make one you can flip over, Preston? <laughs> it's called the One Male Condom, and it will be marketed as uh, both for, uh, you know, front and back. One condom, yeah. one type of... Yeah, but you too do the uh, commercial. Uh, unprotected uh, butt stuff carries the greatest exposure risk of HIV transmission, and the risk of contracting uh, STI is significantly higher as well. So I think... What if you use hydrogen peroxide? I, You know what? I don't know why the FDA has never authorized one... song about butt stuff. Before. <laughs> for a special new product that'll make it safer to go back door. Uh, while condom use... Does it feel a bit tighter? <laughs> well, you've just hit pay dirt. Or does it feel the same? Uh, that thing in toilet paper. While condom use was uh, recommended by the CDC and other health authorities uh, during uh, Backdoor Love, uh, no condom had ever been approved specifically for its use. Do you remember a while ago? So there was they came out with a kind of a, a dental oh. dam that was designed for um, oral stuff. Oh, right, sure. Uh, how did that even? 
sell? Did, did people actually purchase that? I that... hear, I'd see mentions of it rarely from time to time in I mean, stories, so maybe somebody's using it. The I don't condom know. isn't obvious. Mm-hmm. It's been used and used extensively. Uh, so here, to, to, to speak right. about why they've never approved it before, Steve, the FDA required... They were <laughs> No, they required a failure rate of less than 5%. Oh. And earlier studies had shown higher failure rates. So there are a lot of butt babies. So they needed one that was tough enough to handle the hiney. So, right. whatever it is. This product is um, tough enough to handle any hiney. So, uh, so going to the, the dental dam thing. Uh, one was turkey jerky. One was sent uh, either here or Y100. I don't remember where. But anyway, we were working. It was sent. And have you ever felt that material? No. no. It is like incredibly thin. It is like. For the dental, yeah, yeah, is it's, it it's it's like a, yeah, it's like a plastic. It's like okay. it's like a saran wrap. It's like a saran wrap okay. type thing, but it is a it's a different consistency. It feels different. Like it would it would hold to your skin better. Okay. Um. And but but it is incredibly tender and thin. <laughs> so um, so. <laughs> we're all looking back at this. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know why I thought this. Yeah, it, it changed, and it's, it's one of our logos. So, uh, okay, so I assume the purpose of that is to maintain the tactile pleasure. Yes, without right. having without having skin to skin compromise contact. safety. Okay, yeah. I got it. So that's what that's used for. You place Could it. Could you over, just put a butt condom in your mouth? You put oh it God. over the oral area, and then you <laughs> you do that. Wow! <laughs> Uh, that is not a dental dam. The picture that we're looking no, at right that now. that is the most disgusting thing I've That's ever the seen. That's they use at the at the the dentist. I I when I got my uh, uh, root canal recently, yeah. they used one of those things. It's some giant mouth condom thing. What's a female condom? Like, do they work? I, I mean, I've seen them advertised. Uh, yeah, they usually bend my face. Remember that a long time ago, they were marketing the female condom, and then yeah. it just kind of you stopped hearing about was it because yeah, it was stupid. They're like the shove light. some toilet paper in there. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of the, this, to me, falls into the level now that we recently learned that if hydrogen peroxide is ineffective, I think a lot of these things are just yeah. grasping for butt plugs, grasping for straws, as they say. Because this, does that even occur to anybody? I, I don't know. What, a you, female condom or well, a, no, no, the, a dental the, dam? The butt, um, oh. I this is the, where we started with. I yeah. remember learning about the dental dam in like health class in in right. grade school or middle school. Like you were supposed to use these, and maybe if somebody has an STD, this is a way to not spread it. Ah, no, okay. so if somebody sense. has it, okay. something down there on that level. Yeah. Yeah. So, so whereas you can have like the um, the IUD it, is there an equivalent for the backside? Which, uh, like, like, that's to keep you from getting pregnant, right? Yeah. right. So I'm saying, if there, what is the, in other words, if you're trying to protect invasive fluid and, well, yeah. I, I, there's only so far I can go in this conversation without. No, you need you need full on. You got to wrap that rascal if you're right. going back there. That's all. That's all there is to it. You're just, just don't even do that type of dirty sex. No, no contact. It's wrong unless you're wearing the new super duper butt condoms. <laughs> That's what it's called? It's a winner. <laughs> Super duper butt condom. Super duper butt The SDBC. That's what it is. <laughs> is that right, Edge? He can tell you all about it. The SDBC. <laughs> Wholly endorsed by the band U2. <laughs> and Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> 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 
right, let me go to another story that I noticed uh, to pass along to you before we have to take a break here in a moment. Um, So researchers from three universities found that people who feel more connected to nature are less likely to be affected by snake and spider fears and phobias. Is it like some sort of Jedi capability? They can sense you're one with nature and... uh... You stay away from you, or we... no, no, no. They're just saying people who feel more comfortable outside don't have a fear of snake, don't have much of a fear of snakes. And, oh, I thought, and, uh, I thought there was some sort of let this one go. He's okay. No, 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 no. They they found that people who feel more connected to nature okay. are less likely to be affected by snake and spider fears or phobias. So if you, you chances not. are you'll spend more time outside, or, or you'll feel more comfortable outdoors. If you don't have a, that big of a fear of snakes and spiders, so I, I, like I hike all the time, I, you know, and, and to me uh, that. I, I don't, however, in certain areas of the world, say uh, if I was in the outback, uh, you know, I, I might be a little more terrified of what's out there. Okay. Uh, I, I I hate spiders. I can't stand them. I'm not terrified of them. Right. Or like um, a real phobia, you don't have that. Right, right. But I, they, they, you know, I'm, I I would like to kill spiders. Right. I don't, I don't kill all of them. Like professionally? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'd like to take that on. Particular set of skills. Preston's Extermination <laughs> Service. Spider cleaner. Spider yeah. cleaner. Uh, in particular, people who said that they have a had a longing to be close to nature and engagement to protect it were less likely to score highly in measures of snake and spider fear. Other factors that lowered one's risks of having a snake or spider phobia, being older in age and living in less urbanized environments. So, Nick, I think you're probably the most outdoorsy of us as far as going out into the wilderness and hiking and, and, and the mountain climbing and stuff that you do. Have you ever encountered any uh, scary-ass snakes or anything like that, a rattler? Or it's funny. I think my, my mindset is the same as Steve's. Like, if I'm, you know, if I'm in some place where I know that there's going to be a dangerous rattler or whatever, I, I, I get a little more heightened by it. Yeah. Um, but, like, just seeing a spider along the trail doesn't really scare me at all. But, you know, I've gone hiking with my brother Josh, and uh, he carries a, a, a sidearm with him because of poisonous snakes, venomous snakes. And I think it's probably a good idea. You know, one of those suckers jumps out at you. It can be seriously a serious problem. Do you know where I've encountered the most of venomous snakes? When I lived in Thousand Oaks, California, in our backyards, uh, there was they, the houses were built on um, descending sort of um, shelves. That's how the whole development was going down into this valley, and um, so the, and, and the the drainage systems and all the, the snakes would go and lay on the concrete in the shade. Yeah. And you'd hear, you'd hear, like, there'd be a certain time of day where you'd hear the rattles. I'm like, (laughs) When I hiked um, in uh, Hawk Mountain last, uh, it was was last uh, August, there was, when when you get to, like, the Pinnacle area, there, you know, it's just, you know, beautiful uh, overlooks and with giant boulders and stuff, but there were apparently... Rattlesnakes up there. Yeah. Did you hear them? Yeah. No, no, okay. no, no, no. The, the, but the people that were up there, they they told me that they were there earlier. They so. go sunning on those rocks, mm-hmm. like, and so they're, it's a warm spot for those cold blooded animals, and they come out. So yeah, you have to be careful in places like that of of rattler snakes. Lived in South Carolina for a few years when I was a kid, and a kid, and we spent a lot of time in the woods, and that place was loaded with venomous snakes. You had uh, water moccasins. Um, <laughs> You had uh, cottonmouths and um, uh, copperheads mm. that we had to keep an eye out for. And king snakes, I'm not sure if they were venomous or not. But, I mean, like, we'd see them every now and then, and that's, you know, a thing could kill you. Well, listen, flat yeah. out kill you. You know, you know? which I had sent you guys over from uh, TMZ this morning. There was a, a, a guy on the set of the movie Rust, which Alec Baldwin had that incident. 
uh, where, you know, where he shot the, uh, the director of photography. And this person, they later realized, had been bitten by a brown recluse. And Preston, mm-hmm. we've always heard stories about about how um, that can really get into oh, a man. bad situation. This guy had, mm-hmm. like, his the, the muscle in his arm was exposed. The skin had rotted away so aggressively. Nasty. And, and they said it was a brown recluse yeah. that, that infected him. <laughs> My buddy Charlie got really, really sick from one one time. We worked both worked in radio together, and I remember I was, we were working different stations at, at better than on the same day, and I walked by the... Studio and he was behind the glass and he's just sit there. He's like, oh, like really? shivering and sweating. I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? He ended up in the hospital for a week. Huh. Uh, he had got bitten in the leg and it had uh, started to necrotize. There was like a hole. So in that's his what leg. I, that. I, I mean, you can go on TMZ and see it. I, 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 Nick, you almost vomited when I showed yeah, you. It's gross. It's 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 unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are common. Like you, you can find these in in a garage and mm-hmm. in, in this area, right? I mean, uh, I, I mean, they're fairly common. Yeah. Yes, I don't know. Uh, you know what we and we've talked about this before. That, that what is it? The coral snake, and I can never remember which one is is safe and which one's not. I and, and there's oh, a line yeah. that goes. Yeah. It's like if like red touches yellow, kills a fellow, and red yellow touches black. red. Uh, all right, Jack. Right, said Fred. I have no yeah. idea. Right, yeah, yeah. You're trying to remember that rhyme as it's yeah. biting like, you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Either way, if I see a red and yellow snake, I'm not going to go near. Yeah, it. don't go right. near. Yeah. Red Best snake bet. butt condom. Stay <laughs> away from it if you would, please. Red touch yellow, kill a fellow. Red touch black. Good for Jack. There you go. Okay. So if you and, and just All in right. general, if you want to sound like an imbecile, repeat that. <laughs> Very good. That's all he could say. Red purple fart. Fart fart glass people. Clearly this man has been bitten. <laughs> uh so anyhow, yes. Cardboard macaroni angels. Uh so uh the finding that uh people who have less of a phobia about snakes and spiders are more in touch with nature. Adds to the growing body of evidence of the positive effect from spending time in nature and feeling connected to it. You know, statistically, the rise of uh, injuries and, and bites and things like that out outside in these, you know, areas has increased because during the beginning of the pandemic and throughout, people got outside and just yeah. started hiking and yep. started at least trying to get a break. Yep. And yep. encountering yeah, stuff that wanted to bite them. Yeah. All right. Um, that's all I have time to notice. I actually have a uh, a nature follow-up story that we'll probably get to in the Bizarre File in a little bit. Uh, but that I'm done noticing. You there we go. Make, you can't make me notice. Just completed noticing. Anymore. No so more. So stop using hydrogen peroxide and start using butt condoms. That's what you need to do. <laughs> uh, Nick, you wanted to add something? We're going to chat with Eric Lindros in a little Shut bit. Shut up. Hey. It's his birthday today. He's going to call our phone. He's going to call our phone. phone. When are we going to talk to him? Uh, after the B-File. All right. All there right. we go. Excellent. All right. Well, we will do that. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. <laughs> Surprise guest, along with uh, Eric Lindros, we're going to have uh, Sam the Cooking Guy. He's coming on around 9. Stay with us. We'll be back in a little bit. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, uh, we have stories to go through, and we're going to do it now. Now, WMMR presents. 
present Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by me, Preston oh, Elliott. Yes. That's so kind. Bring it all to you, my friends. We're going to start with uh, this story. I got some intense stories here. Uh, let's begin with a man in Houston, Texas. Uh, is accused of shooting a restaurant employee, actually restaurant employees, over an argument about barbecue sauce. Oh, God. Andre Thomas is facing two charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon after he grew angry that there wasn't enough barbecue sauce in his to-go order. The incident occurred at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Thomas picked up his to-go order, left the restaurant. He then called the restaurant, angry and upset because they didn't give him enough barbecue sauce. Employees tried to appease Thomas and fix the situation, but he angrily went back to the restaurant. Now he's verbally threatening them, saying, I'll come back and shoot the place up. Thomas initially left the restaurant, but he never left the parking lot. Well said. The, the officer said that Thomas waited for the employees to leave. He followed the workers down the road and shot into their car. He struck one of the complainant, uh, complaint victims five times, breaking a bone in their arm. The other victim was not shot. Something um, tells me he was really more interested in shooting people than the barbecue He's sauce. got a criminal history yeah. dating back to 2009. He was already out on bond at the time of the incident, facing five other felony bonds, including retaliation, harassment, felon in possession of a weapon, assault of a police officer, and assault on a family member. So he's just a... A lovely guy. I got to tell you, these days, I'd be trembling putting together a takeout order. All the, all the people that are freaked out yep. about not having something in an order that they made. Yeah, Steve, you mentioned Australia earlier. This is horrible. A North Queensland beach community is in shock after a teenage boy died from a box jellyfish sting on Saturday afternoon. The picturesque MEO Beach north of McKay is usually a hive of activity and joy, but it was a scene of distress after the 14-year-old staggered from the water. It's understood the boy had several meters of tentacles wrapped around his legs and arms. Surf lifesavers and critical care paramedics treated the boy at the scene, but he died at the hospital a short time later. A report is being prepared for the coroner. Lisa Ann Gershwin has been uh, researching marine stingers for more than 30 years. She said that MEO Beach was well-known for box jellyfish. Dr. Gershwin said while dragging the beach to check for the presence of stingers was common practice, but it was not enough. Stinger nets are used at many beaches in North Queensland. However, uh, they can't be deployed in this area due to high variations in the tides. She said that it was uh, disappointing that some people ignored beach-closed signs and continued to enter the water. They said they had put up red flags along the beach. Oh, man. they warned to stay out of the water. God. Mm. MEO Beach was due to host a major triathlon event, but that was canceled following this, obviously. Uh, Dr. Hirschman said the toxin from the box jellyfish is rapidly fatal, with people dying in as little as two minutes after being stung. She said once barbs deployed the venom, it's incredibly painful, and that's when people face the biggest threat. You instinctively jerk away from it, and that spooks the animal, so they reel in their tentacles. And when you start struggling, the jellyfish fish gets caught up in your legs, and it starts panicking and accidentally wraps around your legs. Millions of barbs can carry tiny payloads of very lethal toxin, which goes into the skin and rapidly travels to the heart. Health authorities advise people to treat any box jellyfish sting with vinegar to prevent more prevent more venom from being injected into the skin, and then call for help immediately. So this kid didn't make. I it. watched a special on uh, you know toxins in nature and and venomous animals and and so on and so forth. And they had somebody who had survived a box jellyfish stinging said it was categorically the most painful thing he'd ever experienced in his life. I believe it. All right, here's a follow-up story out of Lake Tahoe. Hank the Tank, the big bear being blamed for breaking into dozens of homes across Tahoe Keys area. 
may be innocent after all. Well, how about that? The 500-pound brown bear You'll was... You'll be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Was blamed for another break-in last Friday morning. However, California Department of Fish and Wildlife officials said that they collected DNA evidence from the scene uh-huh. and found that a female bear was actually the culprit. The discovery... Oh, it's the fat bear. Uh, prom- Get the fat bear. The discovery prompted officials to back through DNA evidence over the last seven months. What they found was that there were three other bears, two males and one female, mm-hmm. responsible for damaging more than 30 properties that were originally linked solely to Hank. Fish and Wildlife have concluded that Hank may not even be responsible for any of the break-ins over the last seven months. Well, how's about that? (laughs) Uh, The Bear League, who have been advocating for leaving Hank alone, lauded the work done to make sure that Hank was indeed the bear wanted for the break-ins. The Bear League wrote in a statement, Hank no longer has a death sentence hanging over him, and he is no longer going to have his freedom taken away from him by sending him to a sanctuary. We fully support the decision and are grateful for the investigation into the truth that was taken seriously by the experts within the Department of Fish and Wildlife. What I do have is a new lawyer named Marty Singer. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they're they're not gonna they're not gonna try and uh, take Hank out. The big guy. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, an Iranian man was left unable to urinate and in need of skin graft surgery after getting a double-A battery lodged in his penis. Oh. So I assume he was just walking with some double-A batteries, tripped, yeah, and no. before he knew it, one was lodged, lodged in his penis. Uh, the 49-year-old patient, patient who has not been named, went to the hospital in Tehran where he told doctors the object had been stuck for 24 hours. Medics were able to prize the battery out without surgery Jesus. and discharge the man on the same day, but he was forced to return months later in pain. Did he put some hydrogen peroxide on it? During his second hospital stint, he revealed that he had been suffering a burning <laughs> sensation when urinating. Probably from the battery in your dong. Uh, well, this was after it was out, oh, and right. he was unable to achieve a full stream of urine. Scans revealed severe and progressive scarring to his urethra, partially blocking the tube. Uh, doctors were unsure what exactly caused the, the damage, but it may have been due to toxic materials in the battery that I guess had leaked out and caused more corrosion. Double A battery. Uh, they also, yeah, not a triple. You should have gone no, with a triple yeah, A. Yeah, yeah. Smaller. Uh, John Holmes used to do a car battery. <laughs> uh, they also, I was going to say like a D or something yeah. like that, but that's okay. Uh, they also did not reveal how the device came to be inside his penis, but they suggest a number of possible reasons, including sexual pleasure, contraception, or a drunken accident. Imagine using a battery as a as an internal condom. Uh, the man has no history of mental illness. And we'll wrap it up there. I got another wow. really great story, so make sure you stay with us. Those are good. For our second run of the B-File. They're coming up a little bit later on. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a second. Like we said, it's Eric Lindros's birthday today, so last second uh, chit-chat with him yeah. is coming up when we return. So stay there. the MM Army at Rita's of Pine Valley, located at Byberry and Philmont in Huntington Valley, Tuesday from 3 to 5 to celebrate opening day. Stop by and enjoy all your delicious, one-of-a-kind favorite treats and register to win MMR prizes, including a Pierre Robert bobblehead. Earlier this morning, we were doing our, our stupid question. We, you know, asked the question, and we wait for calls to call in with the answer, and I'll go through who's, you know, celebrating birthdays today, celebrity birthdays, just to get a little bit of time. Uh, and Nick pointed out that uh, former local uh, was celebrating a birthday today and sent him a text real quick just to wish him happy birthday. And he texted back and Nick said, do you want to come on the show? So he is joining us now. Ladies and gentlemen, the birthday boy. 
Eric Lindros. Hey. Hey. hey, Eric, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Happy birthday to you, sir. Dare I ask what number this is for you today? 49. 49. Man, okay. Yeah. How long will you stay 49? <laughs> <laughs> I went to I went to a I friend's. Get, I didn't catch that last bit there. <laughs> Your last bit, yeah. Uh, I I went to a friend's fiftieth uh, birthday party over this weekend, and uh, you know it's a milestone, so you got to definitely celebrate that in in fine fashion. And uh, people were having quite a bit of fun throwing the old man jokes at him. And uh, uh, you still got a little ways before you hit that, <laughs> Eric. But are, but are, are people quick to throw the uh, "How you doing, old man?" thing at you? Yeah. Yeah, there's not a huge distinction between 48 and 50 or 49 and 50, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, yeah. But you know what? And let me ask you if this is the case. I know when I was, you know, younger, uh, my perception of how I'd feel at certain ages was way off. Like, I'm like, oh, like that dude is in his late 30s, you know? It's like, it's, right. it, it's totally weird. Once you start to go through the ages, you realize as long as you stay healthy, you're in good shape, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, well, life is good. Life is good, and it's all available to us, right? Yes. Uh, You know, things are back in business, and uh, week opened up here in Canada uh, a little while ago, and it seems like uh, we still have, you know, the kids are still in mass at school, and there's limitations on a few things, but overall it's gotten a lot better, and hopefully uh, this is behind us. Yeah, I mean, it really feels lately like things are trending in the right direction, and and uh, it's very encouraging. Uh, just getting back to the age thing real quick, Eric, um, I think you were 18 when you entered the NHL, and, and my son is 15 now, and I just think about the, um, you know, clearly you were a good enough hockey player, uh, a great hockey player to be in the NHL at that age, but um, looking back on it, do you think you were mentally prepared for what it brought, you know, the, the money, the fame, everything, or, you know, is there anything that your 49-year-old self would tell your 18-year-old self and say, hey, man, I, I wish I'd known this, you know? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, there'd be a bunch of things, for sure. But that's all part of it. I mean, I was uh, I was lucky enough to be around a lot of really good veterans, too, right? So had I not been around them, I would have really been behind the eight ball. But uh, it is what it is. It's kind of, uh, I guess you just kind of call it life and, and organizations that have that nice balance of uh, of of, uh, of leadership and, and some veteran guys to help out uh, and and kind of guide the, the young ones that are just starting out. Um, you know, they seem to get off to a better start and and, and get their uh, get their players going quicker than others. How old are your kids now, Eric? Uh, Carl, the twins are six, and Carl's seven. Going to be uh, as he says, seven and three quarters. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, you, you still have little ones, man. That's pretty. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're I just whole, school yeah. is just getting started for them. Right, right. No, we're at three different schools, and they're on their hockey teams, and oh. they had tournaments this weekend, and yeah. uh, it's been fun. All right, so tournaments this weekend. So that means you didn't really get to celebrate your birthday this weekend. Does that mean you celebrate with the family and everybody tonight, or are you going to uh, hold off until the other weekend, or are you not going to do anything? Wow, there's, there was ten games over the weekend, and, uh, oh, Jesus. and then tonight there's, there's another one tonight. So we'll try. We'll do something on Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Well, where, where does that? But now, be, be, being a being a hockey dad now, uh, yeah. where where does that? 
I, I mean, you know, because everybody's got to be in like, oh, my God. But, I mean, again, it is in Canada. So maybe NHL guys are just all over the freaking place for all I know. But, I mean, it's got to be interesting being around the other families, you being the NHL star that you were now being. I, I don't know. Are you coaching or are you just a parent going to the games? I help out with both teams and uh, try and uh, try and I'm learning too, right? I mean, these are how to how to speak to six year olds and seven year olds and try and get them to to uh, you know to be engaged and to have some fun and you know it's uh, there's, there's a learning process to this, but uh, uh, we got this one guy Phil Alps who coaches the Twins and he's been excellent. I learned a lot from uh, from him and uh, the Twins team is uh, is doing really good. All right, so uh, around here, you know, there aren't many hockey arenas, right? So, you know, ice time is at a premium. So yeah. the younger the, the players, the earlier the practice times <laughs> and the earlier the game times. Yeah, it, get, <laughs> right, right. So are you guys doing 5 a.m. practices? No, no, it's not that bad. We got we have more rinks around here. Okay. Uh, no, it's all, uh, it's all, it's not too bad, so. Um, proximity is an issue, but uh, overall, we're not. It's not a. It's not an early morning uh, situation. What about pond so, hockey? You, know, you guys on the ice city. You guys get oh, on... ever, there's ponds everywhere. We got a backyard rink going. There's a rink across the street at the park, and oh. there's uh, there's like there's one thing about Toronto. They spend a lot of money on their infrastructure in the in terms of uh, in terms of their outdoor facilities. They're they're pretty good about it. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs help out and make sure that the outdoor rinks are. You know, getting refurbished and, and uh, um, you know, we're running properly and the Zambonis are out there and, and whatnot. So it's, we have uh, lots of pretty good facilities and some, some that need some help. But uh, overall, we, uh, we it's going in the right direction. Nice. That's pretty wild. Do you have, yeah. a, great, do you have a greater appreciation for, because I, I've heard that no, no parent works as hard as a hockey parent because just in the amount of, first off, in, in the expenditure and all of that stuff, do you have a new appreciation for the people who <laughs> who guided you early on? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I think that kicks in the, the second that, uh, you know, you, you retire, you, you really, uh, and even, and hopefully even before, um, it, it, uh, the people that have helped out and, and so many, so many people volunteer their time and, and, and do their best and, um, you know, they're, they're helping out, they're pulling things, they're organizing, whether it's a team manager or, or you know, someone that's in charge of the, you know, health uh, situation right now was a, was a big one and time-consuming. And, and then you got your coaches and, and whatnot. So, no, there's a lot of a lot of people that pull on the rope, and, uh, and uh, yeah, you, you certainly appreciate it. I don't know how much you've been paying attention. Uh, it hasn't been the greatest season for the Flyers this year, and, and uh, you know, they've had a couple of yeah. uh, losing streaks of, of over 10 games. They just had another six-game losing yeah. streak, although they beat... Ovechkin and uh, and the Capitals over the weekend. Um, any thoughts on, on what the Flyer season has been like? Any um, thoughts on perhaps how to turn this yeah. not this season but it's, next season around? It's it's hard. I mean, I, I, I'm happy that Danny Briere is in the fold. I think that you know there's uh, you think when things aren't going well and those losing streaks are occurring to the extent that they are, that, you know there, there needs to be a bit of a uh, you know, some new thought, and and Danny's a Danny knows what he's doing. Danny's uh, he's not only a, a great guy, but he's uh, uh, in terms of his idea of hockey. He, uh, you know, he's been through it. He he, he has a good idea of, of what he wants to see. So um, we'll see what what goes on if Danny stays in that same position, or if he uh, he goes to something else. We'll uh, we'll wait and see. And and uh, you know, who knows? We'll get down there in a, a few weeks and and. Uh, chat with uh chat with the group and hear what's going on it's hard from afar right you, yeah you don't dip your toe into something so i don't want to 
you know, overstep my bounds or whatever. But I just, you know, to say that Danny's part of it, and I'm, is a good thing. You know, it really is. Let me ask in general: Do you believe that if a team is is you know having streaks like this, you know, losing streaks, and obviously we know so so much talent. Uh, if if you're in charge of everything, I'm not just I'm not saying the Flyers. I'm saying just in general. Uh, would your methodology, would your mindset be to fin- try to finesse your way out of it, or just do a major shift? W- what works better for a team's mentality and effectiveness? Oh, I mean, I think it depends on the team. Yeah. Uh, Toronto blew theirs up, and but they also had, you know. A, a, it was the year that Austin Matthews was getting drafted. Um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of risk that goes with blowing things up. It's, I don't know. It's 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 tricky. I think you got to look at the individual team. It's not just uh, saying one way is better than the other, right? Um, but uh, getting the right people in before the trade deadline, or, or you know, that having the right amount of picks and 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 the, and the level of picks is so important. Uh, uh, you know, when you when you want to build, it's it, so much of it goes down to scouting, and I think scouting gets uh, gets overlooked. Uh, just the uh, the sheer importance of of knowing pro guys and then knowing what's coming up in the amateur ranks, and, and uh, that doesn't affect salary cap, right? You can you can spend money on that. You can have real good people in that. I'm not saying that they don't. I'm just saying that that's that's one area that you can really focus on that doesn't affect uh, uh, you know your product on the ice uh, in terms of dollars and cents on, uh, on a day to day basis when right. you're when you're right at the cap line. On another note, because yeah. it's your birthday, do you get a free dozen donuts at Tim Hortons? Or... <laughs> uh, which, I'm telling you, it's freezing cold out here. It was minus 16 this morning. It is freezing. The guy who invented the car seat, the, the little heater thing, I am just, uh, you know, I give him a high five today. It was a wonderful invention. The steering wheel, steering wheel heater, that's another good one. Um, it's brutal. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, it's a chilly. It's a chilly day. It's a good day for flooding the uh, flooding the rink. Uh, back up from business. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, it's cool. How's everything down there? Oh, it's it's fine, man. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, no complaints. We're, we're uh, the, the, our basketball team's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> we got that going yeah. for us, but. Same old, same old, man, but we figured we'd just do a, a quick check-in with you. I know that you were in town in November for the, the alumni game, yeah. so we can expect to see you, you yeah. know, in town from time to time for stuff like that, right? Yeah, I'll be down in two weeks. Oh, oh there you hey. go. What's happening in two weeks? Uh, a few things. <laughs> uh, well, Montreal's on the Sunday. I think it's the 13th, and then there's another game on. Oh, you're just coming down to, to go to games. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. very cool. Uh, yeah, uh, they're doing a Susie thing or something like that. Yeah, oh, okay. it's totally fun. That's awesome. Excellent. All right, well, yeah, listen, we'll, we'll let you get back to your birthday, Eric. But we thought it would be cool to check in because uh, you know you're such a, a big part of this city. So we hope you have a great day. And we'll see. <laughs> we'll see you here in a couple of weeks, man. Have enjoy it. Today is your day, my friend. <laughs> All right, you guys have a good day. All right, Bye. you too. Eric, forty nine years old. I can't believe that. I remember. The whole 18-year-old thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, because every now and then these phenoms surface, these 18-year-olds yeah. that, that are going straight into the bigs. He was a then... he was a boy in a man's body. And, and you know, he just was... When he got... When he was a part of the Flyers organization, because it was this... It had to go to this arbitration thing where the Flyers were going to go up against the, the Rangers, and the Flyers ended up winning the arbitration and getting him. It, it changed the hockey dynamic in this town. My dad had season tickets uh, back in the day. He had season tickets to the, to the Spectrum. And um, 
everybody in Philly thought we were going to lose to the Rangers because Eric decided he wasn't going to play for the Quebec Nordiques and he was going to play in the NHL and he was either going to play in Philly or New York. And everybody in Philly thought, we're going to lose to New York. We always lose to New York. Flyers ended up winning that arbitration. My dad kept his season tickets. I mean, Eric really, in, in no small part, helped get the new building built because of the number of jerseys that were sold and the number of tickets were, that were sold. It means so a lot. It really does. you know. And it's cool that, um, that he's kind of a friend of our show. I like that. I, you mentioned the Nordiques. A friend of uh, my son's was, it was a while back. I, it came over to the house, and I was I'd stopped and double-take. I'm like... Are you wearing a Nordiques jersey? <laughs> I said, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. I haven't seen that logo in ages. Uh, yeah. It's just one of those, you know, like the Whalers. I love like seeing all The Hartford Whale. The the, the, uh, the teams that are gone. Yeah. And their logos. I saw a story about a, a guy from the Houston Oilers who passed away recently. I loved the Houston Oilers logo. Uh, I thought that me was too. Cool. I actually have a Warren Moon jersey that I got when I was in. High school or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I just love the colors. Yeah, you know, it was a nice color. Yeah, that kind of baby blue mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yep. Well, all right. Well, listen. If you guys don't mind, I got a couple of shout outs uh, that have been requested. Do it now. And uh, this one says, "Dear Kenny, Big Rig Rider." <laughs> On February twenty eighth, my older brother Dennis will hit the big five zero half century. That's like eighty nine in Gary Lauer years. <laughs> uh, he is a sixteen year podcaster of the show. And a very talented, smart, and funny guy and great dad to boot. And I know an explosive, juicy shard-out will make his year and might actually make him shard. We can only hope at this point. Um, So he goes on to say, so Dennis, thanks for being a great brother. Have a great birthday. I love you, even though you might have accidentally me-tooed Kathy Romano on social media some time ago, commenting on a picture of her boobs (laughs) and aptly naming them Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Wow. But to be fair, those are some pretty major league yabos, he said. (laughs) And he said, uh, so I say, love you, bro. Papri Purple Kit. (laughs) Yes. Oh, wait, that's... uh, That's Nick. I was wondering what the hell this meant. All right, Papri Purple Kit. Um, And thank you for making me take the President Steve Challenge some 15-plus years ago. Love Love ya, and you guys twerk. That is Mark, (laughs) who lives in California, so that's from Mark Baker. Let me give him his shard first. And uh, he says, P.S., bring back Snort, Dort, and Doodle (laughs) Pee. Snort, Dort's Dort's one of my favorites. That's play. Oh, my God. Snort, Dort. The pre-purple kit. I thought initially when I read this, I'm like, oh, that's some kind of inside joke for these guys. Uh And then Uh when I said it out loud, it was a Nick flub. And I have it somewhere. I just, I seldom use it because it's so beautiful. All right. Well, I got to move on. All right. I got it. All right. The pre-purple kit. That's a sentence. The pre-purple kit. I think there's a subject and a verb in there. It's one of those in those recesses of the of my machine that I don't go to often, and it's now. Do we know what he was trying to say? No. Okay. I have no, no idea. He doesn't know what he was trying We'd to say. We'd have to hear the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, oh. This one, this other one says, uh, hello, Prestone. I was hoping that you'd be able to give a quick, quick shout out to my lovely wife, my lovely new wife, Maria. We just got married in Nelson Ghost Town, which is Nel- <laughs> which is Nelson, Nevada, huh. a few weeks back uh, after dating for eight years, which began when we were both still serving in the U.S. military. Uh, she is the love of my life and has been there for me during all of my happy and hard times. She is my biggest fan, my Gary Lauer. Aww. That is the second Gary Lauer mention in a shard out. His legend looms large on this show. We are currently in the process of moving from New Jersey uh, to Arizona for work, and we will certainly need all the laughs from the show to get us through the long drive out to our new home in Tucson. 
Uh, we promise to spread the gospel. Preston, Steve, Casey, Boy, Kathy, Nick, and Marissa to all in the Grand Canyon State. Love you guys. And that is from Chris Devereaux. So here's a shout out to your wife. Congratulations hmm. to you two. They got married in a ghost town? Um, it says Nelson Ghost Town. That's yeah. really cool. So Nick just pulled up pictures of it. Yeah, and I guess it's a... Uh, it's a ghost town. It's huh. a legit ghost town. Is Jim Backus there? Is that where he, uh, he... That that would be it, right? Because remember, they, they pulled into a ghost town. Jim Backus... You're talking about the Brady, Brady Bunch? Bunch, of course. Cindy! What else? When the Grand Canyon is mentioned, the, <laughs> the first thing you have to mention is the Brady Bunch. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They've got, a, they've got a wrecked plane there, all kinds of abandoned vehicles. Now, it looks like it's been touched up a yeah. little bit. Right. Totally staged. Uh, yeah, it's not, uh, not everything dilapidated. You can tell because of the Home Depot. And falling apart. Yeah. Which, by the way, man, do you guys ever... There's like a couple of places out near where I live. And I know people live there, okay? But these houses look like they are falling apart. Like dead towns. Yeah. yeah. like that. But right. these are these are like um, on, on farmland or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, any day now, that roof is going to fall. It's going to come in. down. And it's been that way for years. And somebody actually lives in the house. People live there. I see the house. There, yeah, there are cars parked there. Uh, there should be a show called Flip It or F It. And, and I've seen a few houses like that, and I'm always curious what the situation is. Are you are you just, is it not worth the, the money to, so like this one home, uh, they, they've also got a barn. The yeah. barn is just, looks like it is about to absolutely crumble in. The house, not looking that great. Right. But people live there. Something's going on, and they have a, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So, have you ever seen a like a, um, uh, uh, yeah, well, it's a silo, okay, but it has, um, it, it's got holes in it, I guess, and there are, there are branches growing out from it, like a tree is, is in the silo inside the silo, I've, growing out. No, it's really weird. I've never seen that. Anyway, um, I've always been curious about that about these houses that look like they're literally about to fall. Would apart. it be audacious to just stop and just hey, yeah. it would be a little What's audacious, I think. Hey, this place yeah. looks like crap. You need to fix this place why. up. It's very unpleasant to drive by your home. You Thank can, like, you. Walk up with Girl Scout cookies. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. There's no reason. I'm selling Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> but then again, some places yeah. like that, they might shoot yeah. you if yeah. you step yeah. foot on their property. You never know. True. Um So anyhow, I was just curious uh, mentioning the uh, 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 the ghost town thing. But uh, I have a few. You know, as I live out in a, in a, a more rural area where yeah. I am, and, and so there's a few places. I'm fascinated like by those places. I know. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Just want to go I'm nosy. In. See what it's all about. There was uh, when I lived in when I was a kid in South Carolina, like out in the, like I said, we used to go out in the woods and just kind of rummage around. There was uh, an old, beat up hovel. Yeah, there that was. We would as kids, we'd go in there and kind of rummage around in there. It was an old abandoned. What's house. the story? It's like the house yeah. that Jenny lives in in, in uh, Gump. You know the, uh, the when she's a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of like a hovel, a shack. Yeah. So you never see hovel mentioned in a real estate ad. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely house. Yeah. Ho- yeah. It's on Zillow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> lovely hollow. Great school district. Lovely hovel. Mm-hmm. Great school district. Yeah. It's quaint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's another shard out, and it says, uh, Preston, yoo-hoo! Uh, he says, I am uh, signing out for retirement after 22 years in the military. Wow. Uh, on yes. Thursday, March 2022. I am a loyal podcaster and have listened since Y100 days when I knew that I was close to home traveling on leave when you guys would come in on the radio. That's amazing. Uh, you're helping me keep laughing while I transition to a new life and career outside of the military. 
and would appreciate a shard out as a final salute. Uh, thank you all for what you do. That is from Frank Demartini. Lieutenant Colonel of the Pennsylvania Ar- uh, Army National Guard. Nice. Excellent. Lieutenant Colonel. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> Let's do a full one. All right. Oh, we're gonna, oh, yeah, should we, we do have. like a, a patriotic uh, shout out? Do we, we have, have the wherewithal? I don't know. I just uh, threw that out at the last second. Let me see what we got here. Um, something like... John Philip... Oh, uh, that's... I was thinking... Fanfare for the common man. Yeah. Like a, like a oh. rebel or something like yeah. that. I don't know if... You, I have no idea if you have anything like I that, ha- Casey. Well, so... I mean, Yes, yes. yes. Right. That's better. All right, we can do a case. Ready? There you go. Oh, that's good. <laughs> wow, 22 years in yeah. the Army. God bless, man. That's wild. Now moving on to another life uh, after that. I had a friend who, who retired uh, a couple of years ago, a career guy in the Army, and uh, he is essentially going to be able to do nothing if he wants to, uh, but he is going to do something. He's going to get out and eventually get something going. The notion, yeah, I, I, yeah, it, it, that's why it's always important to, to if you can, you love what you do for a living, you know, mm-hmm. so that, you know, you're, at least for me, I love doing this. I love what we do. And, yeah. and so the notion, the retirement thing isn't as, I can't wait till this is over. I don't have that going on. You know, I'm mm-hmm. enjoying what I do. Do you get a pension when you retire from the armed services? I, like, I believe yes. you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you yeah. can probably retire at a fairly young age, right? Now, yeah. you'll yes. lose that if you go enlist in the enemy's army. Okay, yeah, so yeah, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Especially because, you know, if you join at like 18. Yeah. And I think because um, my old neighbor was in the army and he joined at a younger age. And his regret was that he didn't make it a career because when we were talking and I guess maybe he was in his 40s he's like I could have been retired yes you know and collecting a pension yeah and had a second career there's loads of benefits that you get uh you know from uh you know medical benefits for the rest of your life and and the pension and all that stuff so depends on what time like you can retire earlier for say three quarters pay or Mm -hmm. you know and, and so it depends on how long you're in uh, and some people will do that and then get another job, sh- another career, and have yeah. two salaries. Yeah. I should ask my cousin. She is in the, I believe, Air National Guard now, but she was a, a kind of a career Air Force person. Person. <laughs> like I mentioned, people. Um, but she was like a lieutenant, and, uh, and and she was in it forever, and then kind of like stepped down and then went back into what the Air National Guard. rank did you reach in the running away club? Me, I was the president CEO. <laughs> if you would have, if you would have joined um, an armed force, one of the armed forces, what do you think? Uh, in hindsight, now would have been I'd a, always, good, a good fit for you. Uh, well, a good fit for me, <laughs> none of them. Uh, <laughs> the boys but, uh, but I had, I had always kind of threatened myself when I was in college, and I wasn't a good student. That if I had ever failed out, I would join the Marine Corps. Okay, I was always a fan of the Navy. Uh-huh. I think the ships were a big thing big for draw, me. Yeah. But you know what? If I if uh, looking back now, you know what? Actually, I think would be pretty cool would be the Coast Guard. Yeah, Coast Guard's great too. I would. I think I would dig the mm-hmm. Coast Guard. Uh, there's something really cool. I got to go on one of the boats here years ago down at uh, uh, Penn's Landing, and uh, they do they do a lot of cool stuff. I mean, it's not you know international big time. Well, although they do can, yes. they do. Uh, Help out in that, but there's a there are a lot of jobs in the Coast Guard, and I thought that would be pretty cool. And plus, you see them flying around Cape May County all the time. Yeah, yeah, uh, down there. And uh, I, I don't know, I, you know, and, and that's the other thing. You wouldn't join Top Gun flight school? <laughs> no, I would probably try and do that. Um, I don't know if you can pick and choose like 
where you go, whether you're going to be in a sea vessel or you're going to be in a. Uh, I'll, t- in I'll a tell you that they, they assess you. I think I think you can put in, but yeah. they they assess exactly. You. Yeah, yeah. So so that's that's part of the deal. Uh, where they'll put you where they want to put my my brothers, uh, my older brother Jeans, his his run. They promised him a few things, the army, and they delivered on it. Yeah. I mean, they 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 did exactly what. You know, to get him to join, and mm-hmm. they follow through with it. It's not always the case. Yeah. There was but- a girl that I went to high school with who joined the Navy uh, with the sole goal of becoming a fighter pilot. And yeah. she had bad eyesight, and so she failed her mm-hmm. eye test and wasn't able. And I don't know what if she was ever that able sucks. to. I know. Yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Are you able to enlist right now in the Space Force, or do you have to join another uh, division and then join the Space Force? Because I think initially it was you know, mostly uh, Air Force and Navy recruits. What's funny is we'll sit here and try to give you a, a, an yeah, answer, yeah, yeah. and there's no way. We don't know a goddamn thing about this stuff. <laughs> no. yeah. uh, so I, I would assume you could I'll ask the right to it, but I don't know. Dear you listeners. know what? Let's go to somebody who was in the Air Force. <laughs> yeah. I have Daryl, who's on the Hey Daryl, good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thank you, buddy. All right, so you wanted to you wanted to school us on some of this stuff, right? Well, to, it, I uh, went into the Air Force at 19 years old, and uh, back in the 70 somethings, I'm not going to say for sure. I retired <laughs> at 39 years old. Wow. And yeah, I do, you do get a pension for doing 20 years, but as the time goes by, they've slowly whittled down how much uh, you actually get. So. Mm. You know, so, I still so, need my so, drinking and gambling money, so I have to work full time. You know? <laughs> so, Daryl, when you retired at thirty nine, did you retire at a at a percentage that it, uh, would have been coming to you less than if you stayed in longer? Uh, yes, your maximum retirement at that time was thirty years. Okay, and you maxed out. But I retired at twenty years. I got fifty percent of my base pay. All right. Okay. So, and that's a it's a living. I can live on that. You know. I mean. Yeah. And so you say you, you got another a career, another job that you're doing, and that, that's a lot of people do that. So they'll take an early retirement on one, move into another, and basically have a supplemental income with the uh, with the main income. That, that's that's pretty cool. Honestly, it, it, it's a good life. You know, it allows yeah. me to rock and roll with you guys occasionally <laughs> at a few events. You know, I'm not saying I was the guy sitting in the corner with the martini, you know, but not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. All right, Daryl. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. All right, you guys rock. Have Let's a good day. All right, there's a lot of people that want to chime in, but we actually have to take a break. So, uh, unfortunately, we're going to get to, not going to be able to get to them. So, if you're curious about actual answers to the questions or quote-unquote facts that we've raised here, do a little digging on your own yeah. and find out what is really true, Ours, and you'll be able to do yeah. that. Our conversation should, should always be an incitement to actually seek out the truth. Yes, please go <laughs> yeah, look yeah. for the real information yeah. after you've heard it from us. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back because when we return, uh, Sam the Cooking Guy, Yeah, uh, he's got this really popular uh, YouTube page, and he was the guy responsible for potato chip mashed potatoes which rocked that we made last week so uh we're gonna talk to him when we get back amongst other things stay put we'll be back in a second what's new why do you ask foo fighters shine down lilith czar New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. We were intrigued by our next guest's creation, so much so that we had to do it on our own. Yet, uh, we don't have facilities to cook in. So, Pagano's is a new restaurant that opened up in our building. We've been restaurant-less. It's been a nightmare. For two years until 
last week. So that was nice. And, yeah. like, as soon as they move into the building, we, we asked them to do something for us, and they did. <laughs> we had to test it out. And they took a bag of potato chips, actually a few different bags of potato chips, and made mashed potatoes out of them. And we got inspiration from our next guest to do that. And you know what? We, we gave it. A, it was interesting and tasty. I in liked its, it. In its own way. Uh, but uh, our next guest is actually coming to, and I assume we are interrupting his vacation because he's in Cancun, Mexico <laughs> right now. You know him from his YouTube channel. Please welcome Sam, the cooking guy. Yeah. Hey, good morning, everybody. How you guys doing? Wonderful, Sam. How are you? I'm good. But let's let me start by saying uh, interesting is generally not how I hope my recipes are produced <laughs> when people make them. Uh, you know? Well, no, listen, it, here's the deal. I, I enjoyed the flavor of the potato yes. mashed mash potatoes. Uh, the consistency was a bit um, interesting. It was, it was very, I know it's potatoes, but it was like even more starchy and stickier than uh, than regular mashed potatoes, I thought. Oh, look, I, can't, I cannot help with some, this is like eighth hand reviewing here. Right. My recipe goes to you guys. You guys don't even make it. You put it <laughs> in the hands of a brand new restaurant. We have no idea if they can even cook. It's true. And now suddenly... I'm being rated by this. I don't want the audience to take this one example as uh All right. Fair enough, fair enough. And you have plenty of great examples on your uh yes, on your YouTube channel. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, number one, why are you in what's going on in Cancun? What are you doing there? Oh, just a, a vacation with my <laughs> wife and two sister in laws and a husband. We tried to put together for a while now and it's just gotten derailed for one reason or another. So just a little break because the weather in San Diego is probably 65 or 70 today. And who wants that? That's oh, freezing. Yeah. <laughs> we come down here. Yeah, well, it's hey, I, I can't believe you're checking in from your va- your vacation. We appreciate that. That's really, no, really look, cool. You guys reached out. I saw the comment on Twitter. You reached out and I was honored. I'm always happy to, to, to chat with uh, with new friends. Awesome. Yes. And I hope that you, you call on me from time to time. When you want to berate one of my recipes, <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly. Well, I well, think listen. he's he's reading it wrong. We lo- we approved. Yeah. It was we, it was. I in, okay, in particular, okay, okay. Yeah. I in particular <laughs> thought not to to go off on this too much, but uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, taking a potato chip flavors that you liked. I forget the one that was really a home run. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, listen. It, I want mashed potatoes made from t- potato chips to retain some of the potato chip flavor, and they did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Look, years ago, b- before YouTube, I had a a uh, TV show in San Diego for a whole bunch of years, and uh, we shot a show once that um, that was based around mashed potatoes, and then we did certain <laughs> things to them in in one of the segments. And the person behind the camera didn't know what my, that never knew what my plan was until I started. And I said, okay, today we're going to start everything with these. And I reached into the pantry and I pulled out those dehydrated mashed potatoes that you guys talked about when you first discussed this. And she stopped the shooting and she went, you're, you're effing kidding me. And I went, no, I'm not. I go, they're potatoes just in a slightly different form. Look, uh, dried uh, porcini mushrooms are one of the great finds in the world. You rehydrate those and they're glorious. Yeah. A potato dehydrate. Come on. It's not the most sophisticated <laughs> thing to start with. So what's the big effing deal? Right. No, you're right. Yes. Hey, listen, uh, real quick, uh, uh, Sam, you'd mentioned uh, meeting new friends and, and I'm new to your YouTube channel and I, I can't wait to, yeah. to delve in and find out more about it. Thank and you, so not you. knowing much about you, I pick up a little <clears throat> bit of a Canadian pronunciation. Where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Vancouver, You're Canada, Vancouver. West Coast, the uh, okay. prettiest part of the country, we oh, think. Stunning. Uh, Both Steve and I it. have been there. It's just amazingly beautiful. Absolutely. It's, a, it's not just beautiful, but it's uh, it's uh, a really cool city. It's got an amazing vibe. It's got a huge uh, uh, Asian population. 
It's got British influence from the old days. There's a, a touch of French. They all go together to make great food, interesting people. And you guys got ahead on the marijuana thing way in advance of everybody else. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> way in advance. Look, I was, I was pushing for that as a 16-year-old boy living in the city. And they just, uh, they, they didn't listen to me then. It took them a while. I'd like to think I was the forerunner in that whole process. So learning <laughs> learning more about what you do, you know, I, I was watching a recipe this morning. It was from uh, one of yep. your newer videos, which was uh, uh, Italian fried rice. I make fried rice. At least once a week, maybe a couple times a week. Yeah. It's, a, it's a family yeah, recipe. Yeah. It's really simple. It's nothing special, but it's something yeah. that I just love to do. And you've taken yeah. it in another direction. Is that, in a sense, what you like to do with most of your videos is taking food into a new direction? It, it, it is. I mean, sometimes sometimes we make a fairly straight-ahead things. We made uh, uh, mushroom risotto a couple weeks ago. Nothing amazing about the recipe. Apart, I mean, it's really delicious, but sometimes... The goal is really show people that they can make things often that they don't think that they can make, that they're complicated. So I think we found a, a, a really interesting niche. When cooking channels are on YouTube, they're generally one of two types, all kitchen-based, uh, you know, sandwiches and salads and breads and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Or they're sort of all outdoor barbecue based, like smoking and grilling and sort of typically like caveman. <laughs> right, stuff. right, you're and, right. And, and we've mixed the two really nicely. We do almost all of our cooking outside. I'd say 97% is outside. But things outside that, that then maybe need to go into the oven, we'll make a lasagna that you wouldn't normally make outside. But we like our outside. It's my home. We like the outside set. It looks better. The lighting's better. And you don't need to see me really put something in the oven. If I make a lasagna and I go, this needs to bake for 10 minutes, why do I have to turn around and put it in a stupid oven? <laughs> right, right, right. I really don't. So we do the grilling. We're, uh, we're part live fire show, smoking, grilling, charcoal, uh, Santa Maria-style grills, that. And then we're also the side that does make the lasagna, the risottos, that kind of thing. We like to do across the board, uh, so there's a little bit for everybody. Well, you've got you've got millions of subscribers, and uh, yeah. and and there there are loads of, of of people doing different types of cooking on YouTube and other you know channels and here and there, and yeah. and they always try to go after some kind of a hook, something that grabs you. And I was surprised, and 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 I appreciated the fact that. Your presentation, or at least in the production, is very simple. It's very straight ahead. There's like yeah. there's no magic editing, no little music, you know, graphics and stuff. You keep it pretty simple and straight ahead, yeah. which is why I was kind of surprised you have the amount of people that subscribe because I thought maybe there'd be more of a hook. But no, I'm, I'm assuming what it comes down to is you're just making good food. It's an interesting sort of half comment, uh, half compliment, and half negative compliment. <laughs> you know, know, your show is really basic. It's like a third grader can do it, and now I'm surprised that you have no. almost three and a half million subscribers. I had a feeling uh, you might take it like that. <laughs> so, look, we've been on YouTube uh, since 2011, and in 2018, we had 30,000 subscribers, middle of 2018. From the middle of 2018 to the middle of 2019, we went from 30,000 to a million. <laughs> and then the next year, another million. The next year, another million. Wow. And I think what we do, you're right. It is, there is nothing fancy. I, I do think, though, the, the, the technical work, the editing is beautiful. It's as, the work for our channel is as beautiful as any TV I've ever done, for a start. Uh, it is simple, but I think... My goal is that people walk away with a, a good understanding 
So there's more talking in hours, I think, than many of them. Many of them just, it's like one cup, two cups, stir, mix, pour, bake, that kind of thing. I'll say, uh, do this, do this. And if you don't have this, let me tell you a workaround for it. Or here's why I like to do this. I, I feel like I'm a teacher. It seems silly at times, but I do feel like I'm a bit of a teacher. And I really want people to walk away saying, sh- sh- well, I almost yeah. swore. <laughs> <It's> all good. <laughs> uh, uh, I really want people to know that this is how they can do this. I came, I had an idea uh, in 2001 to start a travel show on TV. And the basis of it was show people that they could go to places they thought were complicated. And it wasn't, they could do it. Don't go to North Dakota again this summer. Try someplace you've never been or you've been scared of. Maybe go to Hong Kong or right. you know, Tokyo or something like that. And, uh, you know, in the 2001, sadly, 9-11 happened to change stuff for me. But I decided to find something else I thought I could do on TV that I could also help people learn so that they could go, oh, I can do this. And I came across, literally within a week and a half of 9-11, I came across a cooking segment on a local channel here in San Diego. The guy was making a butternut squash soup. It was September. It was fall. It was a perfect thing to do. It was the most boring, complicated recipe <laughs> I've ever seen. Mm. And as I watched that, I went, holy ass, somebody should make that better. And I went, damn it, I have nothing to do. I will try and make that better. My wife came home from work. I said, uh, I'm going to start a, a cooking show instead of a travel one. She goes, I think that's a great idea. Just one thing, honey. I go, what? She goes, you just can't cook. I go, but see, here's the genius. I'll make things so easy People will say, I can do that. No, that I'll make, be my own weakest link. Wow. That makes complete sense because I'll tell you what, yeah. as YouTube has grown over the years, and I remember clearly when the the, uh, the one video of the guy at the zoo that was the only available, and now we have, and we talk about it often, as a teaching device. Yes. Okay, yes. I'm fixing this thing in my house. You can find somebody doing that, doing it with the tools specifically that you're <clears throat> using. In the specific, yeah. And so I was just raging about what you just said a few minutes ago. I don't need all the production. I need someone to talk to me. And and the way you're saying about giving is sort of a lesson on how to do it. It drives me crazy when they try to get too cute with the information imparting. And I'm there and I got... I got the tools out or whatever. I'm like, just show me. Just tell me. me Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people that cook in the culinary space on YouTube, a lot of them are credentialed in the sense they've been to culinary school, you know, that kind of stuff. And I have none of that. I've never taken a cooking class. I've never been to culinary school. And I think that benefits me in the sense that I don't lean on that uh, chef terminology, the chef technique, that kind of stuff. I say things that regular everyday people would say. And it resonates with them, and they can make it. And and yes, I swear a lot. I'm sort of <laughs> not normal that way. I did. A, I was on a radio program live from Calgary a, a few months ago, and in, in the middle of the thing, the guy said the S word, and I thought suddenly I went, "Oh my god, he's going to get in such trouble!" And I went, "Oh no, it's Canada. <laughs> they understand that that's not a word that's going to start a war. Right, right, right." <laughs> No hey, parents I, are going to write in about that. Yeah. So, so Sam, with your with your lack of of culinary experience going into this, sure, you, you're now a restaurateur, right? I mean, like, so you own yeah. three restaurants. I have three restaurants. Uh, here's the important part of that, President. I have three restaurants with partners, and they came to me and they said, "Look, we're fans, but we like what you do. Here's what we do. Do we think we could put that together?" And I said, "Yes." But I'm not going to be the guy that's going to be on the line in the back every day. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Right. Uh, when we run out of tomatoes, I'm not the guy to get them. 
right. when uh, when Susie calls in sick, I'm not the guy that has to stand up, I jump in on the line again that day. I say I have the best restaurant job in the business. I get to be the inspiration, the face, the brand, the food, the recipes, and they do their part, and I do mine. And it's been a it's been a good relationship so far. I, there are so many business ventures that I wanted to get into where I'm like. Can I not be the person that has to do all the stuff <laughs> and just kind of yeah. give you guys some ideas or something like that? Yeah. I've, never no, found, so, I've never found any takers on that. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that, Preston, yeah. but it's a, it's a great relationship. And I know you're kidding, but it's a, rest, it's a business that I said forever I would not go into on my own because here's what I know. I know I don't know the restaurant business. And even though I have a successful YouTube following and, of course, a great following in San Diego because this is where I started, I knew that I didn't know how to do that, which, unfortunately, a lot of people think it's about a dish or just a couple of recipes. Honey, your lasagna is so good, and that restaurant down the street is packed. Uh, if we had a restaurant, your lasagna is better, we'd be packed all the time. Right, 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 right. Yeah, there's a little bit more to it than that. Speaking of yeah. joking... And, I, and a listener had uh, emailed me to ask you about yeah. this, to find out about this. They wanted yes. to know, what's your beef with Guy Fieri, <laughs> and is it a joke? <laughs> I, I've never met Guy Fieri. Uh, I am only jealous of his success. <laughs> and he's such a public figure. Uh, let him, uh, he, uh, his shoulders are strong enough that he can handle the jabs from a little three and a half million youtuber like me look i think guy fieri on his show diners drivers and dives though it's not my particular style his style yeah it's a bit too too over the top for me but i think he's really good at what he does right um i think he brings that whole show alive he does he had a cooking show when he first won the food network star thing he had a cooking show and he was in a kitchen and the refrigerator had a racing stripe on it. There was a pool table. They were trained to play up this whole bad boy thing. I didn't think he was very good at that because he's so over the top. That being said, no, I don't, uh, you know. No. Of course I'm <laughs> jealous of that <laughs> success he's got. Come on. Well, who would, who would you consider your uh, your muse in the, in the culinary world? Who inspires you the most? Well, uh, I do like Jamie Oliver oh. Uh, oh, quite yeah. a lot. Uh, you know, chef. he doesn't use that na- the Naked Chef title anymore, right. but... He has a very natural style. There's nothing forced about it. I like the way that he just feels like he, you feel like he's just putting stuff together. Right. And, 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 and people will say that about me. And I don't think it's that I modeled myself after him. I think this is just the style that came out, you know, once I started uh, cooking on TV. I like him and I'm old. So I remember, uh, you know, Julia Child, not really, but certainly enough of her, and a guy named uh, Dan, it was called, uh, he was called the Galloping Gourmet. Sure. I, I, we, I loved we, him. We talk about him all yeah. the time, and, Sam. And he, so he was, he, what I, he was the master of that sort of, that sort of approach. Yeah, what I liked about both of them, um, Graham Kerr, his name, and Julie Child, if something effed up, they went with it. <laughs> yeah. They didn't... Uh, you know, I, I read once that um, that uh, Rachel Ray in one of her shows in the early, very beginning cut herself quite, you know, quite badly. They stopped the tape. They crazy glued it, which you can do. It's 100 percent safe. Put makeup on it, then rolled the tape back a little bit and then carried on like it never happened. If that happens to me. I swear, if I drop something, we leave it in. If I burn myself, we leave it in. If I can't get something out of a pan, we leave it in. And people will come up to me and they go, "The thing, one of the things we like is that 
you make us feel like it's okay to make mistakes in the kitchen. It's almost more encouraging than anything else. Yeah, I can see and that. So those two, those two people have that style, and, and hey, for that, I, I, I Sam, I remember one time seeing Julia Child. She was cutting a chicken, and she cut her hand open, so like the blood was spurting <laughs> all over the place. Really, the crowd was going crazy. <laughs> it was. Oh, that was Saturday. 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 You sure that wasn't Dan, yeah. that wasn't Dan Aykroyd? Uh, yeah. You know, hindsight. Listen, I, speaking of the Food Network stars, Sam, does anybody, because of your, your look, does anybody think that you're Ted Allen from Chopped? Have you ever gotten mistaken? So there was a there was a big food event in San Diego a few years ago, and um, there was this big party the night before. And I'm there, and Ted Allen's there. And somebody says, oh, let me introduce you to Ted Allen. So I walk up, they introduce me, and he goes, I have a funny story about you. I go, what? He goes, we were in a restaurant last night. We finish our dinner. We come outside. We're waiting for the car. We're on the street, and a woman comes up, and she says, oh, my God, I'm the hugest fan. Would you sign a T-shirt for me? And he goes, of course. And he goes, I'm feeling good inside. And she walks to her car. She comes back. Somehow she had, like, a plain T-shirt in her car. And he goes, I sign it for her. I hand it to her, and she's so thankful. And she's walking down the street. And she gets about two doors down, and she turns around, and she goes, this doesn't say Sam the Cooking Guy. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, I didn't know who you were. And then I asked somebody, and now I see you. And he goes, yeah, I do think we kind of look alike. So it's valid. That's fantastic. It's valid, 100%. Look, it's these dumb, dopey glasses (laughs) that uh, I will now have to own for the rest of my life, or I won't look like It's your look. Yeah, don't screw with what's working. Uh, Look, I'm okay with it. So, Sam, you've delved into the the cheesesteak realm on the show? Yes, yes, God, and please. Oh, no, I feared this might come up. <laughs> yes, look, my my next uh, cookbook. May I show you? Yes, yes. please. Oh. Sam, Sam the, the Cooking Guy, Between, between the, the Buns. buns. I love it. So tacos, <laughs> hamburgers, sandwiches, burgers, and burritos. So yeah. there is a, there is a, by the way, if you pre-order this, you have a chance to win a uh, virtual cooking class, private one, just me, you, and whoever you want. Nice. Wow. So there's a, full, there's a Philly steak sandwich in here, and uh, I say I think one of the biggest problems people make is um, they they overcook the meat. They cut the pieces too thick. They overcook the meat. They undercook the vegetables. Okay. You want the vegetables in here, the peppers and the onions, to be ca- really well caramelized. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that in two seconds in a pan. And if you cut the meat too thick, when you take a bite, you get a big hunk of meat hanging off your lip that's no longer in the bread. Yep. And it's it's tough. You can't you can't do that. It's funny you should By bring the that way. up. It's funny you bring yeah. that up because it, th- now you can use that as a Rorschach test here in 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 Philadelphia because whatever whatever uh place you align with can will say a lot, you know, it's sort of like a personality profile. Uh, I yes. I tend to agree. I to me the classic cheesesteak is thinly sliced meat, but there are people who love it the other way and it's for the exact reason you mentioned you pull out half the sandwich with every yeah, bite yeah, you yeah. take uh but uh it's it, it, it probably exists in the pantheon of those as with pizza uh, you know it, it whatever way works for you is the right way to make it do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so before before our youtube uh channel um style now which are episodes that are you know 15-ish minutes long sometimes much less we had a version of it. It was called the Sam Livecast, and it was part talk show, like me at a desk talking like this. We did it live, and then I'd go in the kitchen and cook something. Back in those days, Tony Luke came to San Diego, and a friend of mine said, "Hey, do you want to do something with him?" And I said, "Of course." So he came to my house, and we had a 
dueling uh, Philly cheesesteak uh, cheese right. uh, competition. He did his version, which was damn good. I did my version that had a slight Asian, uh, ins- little Asian inspiration to us. I think mine was better. I'm just going to brag <laughs> right, right. go there and say that. I don't think I could ever get Tony to say that, though. And though we've only met once, I think he was a really, really, really nice guy. He's a great guy. And, yeah. He's uh, a friend of the show. It's great. So, so yes, I'll also say this for people listening. This is back to the teaching part. Thinly sliced meat cooked very quickly on a hot surface is much more forgiving in the end than big, fat, thick pieces. Yep. So if a first-timer is out there trying to make a great Philly cheesesteak, or any kind of cheesesteak, uh, slice it thin. You, you'll find you won't F it up nearly as much as those thicker thumb-sized pieces of meat. Sage advice, that. yeah. There you go, there you go. Yeah. From a guy that never went to culinary school. <laughs> wow, wow. It's impressive stuff. So what's, uh, what are some of the, uh, the newer things coming up that we can uh, look forward to that you're tackling uh, on, the, uh, uh, on the YouTube channel? Well, let's see. So, uh, oh, uh, we just shot the other day. I think it was really fun. We bought five Instapots, lined them all up on the kitchen counter, and we did. We started at one end. They put one thing in, one thing, one thing, one, and went back and showed how they turned out. And Instapots are great. Oh, I, I mean, so I love- any, any type, multi-cooker. So this will come out uh, uh, today, I think. What's okay. it? It's Monday. I think it's today's episode. I, I wanted to get a handle on, on, on what you thought about the Instapot yeah. because my wife, I got her one. It was all the rage, yeah. I think, two years ago, the Instapot, the Instapot. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and so... Um, I, I, I contend there's a lot more we can do with it, uh, but uh, you know it doesn't seem to be lighting her fire. But you you believe in the Instapot? Uh, I, look, in my personal life, I don't use one very often. Yeah. But then here's what we learned about the channel: it's not what I want; it's yeah. what the audience wants, right? In any business, it should be that. Um, here's what we made: uh, in one, we made a short rib ragu in about you know an hour, start yeah. to finish unbelievably delicious put it on pasta we made um a shrimp chicken and sauces jambalaya dump everything in stir close the lid turn it on the rice cooker setting which the instapots do amazing we made uh macaroni and cheese a little truffle mac and cheese in one in about 10 minutes we made a ribs ribs pork ribs in oh uh half an hour in the instapot (laughs) And they took them out and put them under the broiler for five minutes. I mean, you can't do that any other way. You really can't. Yeah. And that's using the pressure cooker setting. Okay. So it, it's impressive what you can do with these things. It depends on how you like to cook. My wife and I eat pretty simply. Dinner, I, all our kids are grown. So dinner for us is always a big-ass salad with some protein on it. Chicken, shrimp, steak, that kind of thing. Uh, we like burgers. So I use a grill, I use my stovetop, I use, uh, you know, whatever. I don't really use an Instapot a whole lot in my personal life, but... Well, yeah, because it's just you. I I think, yeah, like to me, I guess maybe that's what the the reticence, it's just us. It's just two people, and you're you're always making an ass load of stuff. Yeah, but do you make ribs? I mean, you don't... See, here's the thing that I get. People go, you know, will you do an episode on cooking for one? Yeah. I go, yeah. Go to the store and buy one stinking steak. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go to Costco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 140 yeah. pounds of ribeye. You don't. Yeah. You can buy one 
freaking uh, potato and yeah. make mashed potatoes for just you. Yeah, or, or F the potato and buy a bag of chips. Uh, <laughs> that for your mashed potatoes. Make your mashed potatoes. Yes. You just brought up something that, that has bugged me about my wife for years. When we would make mashed yeah. potatoes, just the two of us before kids, she would buy five pounds of potatoes, <laughs> make up mashed potatoes. I'm like, how many potatoes can you sit down and eat? One, right? Let's just mash up two potatoes and that ought to do it. Yeah. Oh. Then you got it. Then what are you doing with the rest of them? My last book, uh, Leftover uh, Recipes with Intentional Leftovers, was what you do, make a chicken, and then what you do with it besides just eating chicken the same way every night. You make a giant big pile of mashed potatoes, and you got to figure out what to do. Then you're making mashed potato cakes and stuff like that, and it's uh, it's good, but, yeah, you know, you know, two you- potatoes. Two people, two potatoes. I think you'll be okay. Do you know what appeals to me about your approach to this? Because I do love, we, we do, uh, there's a segment that we do every week, uh, the, the uh, you know, the, uh, um, the, the connoisseur. Se- connoisseur about yeah. uh, about cooking yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And and because so many people connect on, everyone finds a level to connect to something. Oh. Food is yeah. always a topic of discussion. And so my wife and I, we rate things on what we call the, the reheat factor. Mm. How does it reheat? And, and I contend there are some foods that are better on the second, on the reheat than they are on the initial serving. Do you agree? Of course. Of course. Lasagna? Yeah. I think lasagna is great when it comes out of oven. I just think something magical happens when you when you reheat it. Pizza is a sticking point for me. In that book, the leftovers book, I showed how to make a pizza and then how to reheat it. I know there's a lot of people, they'll uh, dump all over me for showing how to reheat pizza. I like cold pizza, cold pizza the next morning. I was like, after cold pizza, I can't stand it. Yep. So I say you do this. You take a nonstick pan, you put it on the heat, like medium-high heat. Then you take a slice of pizza, you put it on a plate, you put it in the microwave for about 45 seconds to a minute. Kid starts to get all bubbly on top. The second it, it's bubbling on top, take it out of the microwave, you slide it right into that now hot nonstick pan. It should hit the pan and go get a little bit of that. And now the bottom is getting crispy. The top is all hot and melty. The bottom's getting crispy. It's pretty close to how it came out of the box. No, it won't come out of the box like that. <laughs> right. Pretty much how you'd get it if you were sitting at the counter of the restaurant. Right. And they slide it right in front of you. I love it. But no, some things, you know, the, look, the microwave is good for certain things. The air fryer, on the other hand, is also very good at, uh, at warming stuff uh, back up. Yeah, no, we we, we use yeah. the air fryer all the time. It, it, a lot of this, and it's yeah. it's just fun. Again, you know, Preston yeah. does the most cooking you know, of anybody on the show, but just on a basic level, these are the this is the the, the spice of life, and to get it, to have a point of entry that you're obviously providing to your viewers, yeah. where you don't have to be uh, the, the you know the, the the stereotype of the snobbish sort of food a foodie, and have this point yeah. of access, I think means a lot. That's why you're doing so as well as you are. Yeah, you know what? That term foodie. Are you a foodie? I'm a foodie. She's a foodie. I don't think he's a foodie. We yeah. don't want him to come over. That's just nonsense <laughs> talk. What's a foodie? A person that likes to eat food. Yeah, right. Everybody likes to eat food. Yeah. You know, um, except my mother-in-law who <laughs> sees food as nourishment only. She doesn't really care how good it is. <laughs> Not a very good cook, but I do, I do adore her. Uh, that being said, uh, it, yeah, look, I could talk food all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. When I do a, a live event, I'm in front of an audience. Whatever the reason I'm there for, at some point, always degrades into, let's talk about what you guys want to talk about. Yeah. What What are you having trouble making? And if I can help with that, don't ask me a baking question to, to ever. Even though right now I have bagels proofing, mm-hmm. we're going to finish off the bagels when, when we're done with this. We have a show coming up, how to make uh, 
your own locks, how to make your own bagels, and uh, how to make the smoked cream cheese, which we did on an episode for that buffalo chicken dip. Mm. You have a you have a smoker? Anybody there? No, no, but I don't have a smoker. I, 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 my my neighbor used to, and man, the stuff that would come out of that is pretty awesome. So I'm telling you, uh, who's ever listening right now, you take a block of Philly cream cheese. Of course, I wouldn't mention any other one. <laughs> you put it in a little pan, cast iron pan, whatever. You make some little X's across the top. You sprinkle it with anything you want. In the, this case, we did. You can we'll watch it on YouTube for the buffalo chicken dip. We sprinkle it with barbecue seasoning. Set your smoker at 225, leave it for two hours. It will not melt into a puddle. It definitely gets softer, but it holds its shape. At the end of two hours, you take it out, and it is life-changing. It is transformative. <laughs> it is cream cheese like you've never had before. And it was so good that when we made it, I said, damn, imagine you could put, like, everything bagel seasoning on it. And then it went, hey, if you do that with everything bagel seasoning, then we should make our own bagels, and then we should make our own lunch. <laughs> that will be coming up in, that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. That's cool. But, but yeah, so the point is, I forgot the question. <laughs> Oh, the point is, I like to talk uh, food all the time. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. by the way, Sam, before we wrap, uh, if people find themselves yeah. in the San Diego area, what are yeah. your restaurants that we should visit? So so they're all in Little Italy. They're all about uh, 25 uh, yards away from each other. Mm-hmm. Two are in the Little Italy food hall. One is called Samburgers, which you can guess probably what that is. <laughs> and we love, to, we love doing burgers uh, on, our, on our channel. Uh, we have a great one coming up this week. Um, the other one's called Not Not Tacos. And Not Not Tacos because they're not Mexican tacos. Uh, not that I don't love Mexican tacos. I love Mexican food. I'm in Mexico. Yeah. Everything I've had here has been Mexican. But San Diego has so many great Mexican restaurants. I didn't need to be a guy to try and... Jewish-Canadian boy did not need to bring <laughs> more Mexican tacos. <laughs> right. So there's things like Korean short rib, mashed potato, pulled pork with macaroni and cheese, stuff mm. like that. Oh, really good. Right. Yeah. Uh, most of them are most of them are in this book, Shameless Plug. <laughs> All right. And the other one is called Graze, G-R-A-Z-E. And Graze like a cow would eat, a little bit of this. So it's charcuterie boards and flatbreads and appetizers and salads and bar and that kind of stuff. Well, you, you, you need little to, Italy food hall. You need okay. to chain those up because we'd like to uh yeah. they, they sound pretty uh pretty awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. So uh, just know this: the book will be coming. Some copies to you guys when it comes out. It comes oh, out in May. Thank you, man. Yep, that's awesome. And for restaurant info and food info and all this, you can go to thecookingguy.com or you go to the YouTube channel for all the stuff and go find my Philly versions, cheesesteak versions, and uh, all the stuff we've been talking about. It's all nice. there. Everything's there. Well, good on you, man. You're a hell of you a success. Hell of a success. Yeah, you, thanks, Sam. man. That's Call really on cool. me anytime to answer food questions or, uh, all right. or Consider it uh, done. judge a debate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And here. resume vacation. All right, man? <laughs> I'll go back. <laughs> Thank Please you. bring the margaritas it. now. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Sam the cooking guy. Thanks, Sam. Take care, man. We'll see you later. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's uh, awesome, dude. Very conversive, very cool. No idea. Zero culinary experience at all. And just you know, followed his passion. I guess he just liked doing it. And one thing led to another. And look at him. Huge yeah. success. That's really cool. Yeah. God, God bless. Yeah. The, that you, also, you have to stick. He stuck with it. Yeah. You know, and, and again, you said finding the hook, finding the high concept. I'm not a yeah. chef. 
this is how I'm going to prepare it. When he, I don't know about you guys, but when he was talking about the smoker, my mouth started to water. <laughs> like I, the way that he was describing it, and then the buffalo ch- uh, chicken dip and whatever the hell else, I was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm a lot try. of things made my mouth water in that <laughs> conversation. All right, so yeah, you can go to thecookingguy.com uh, to get all information. Just do a search on Sam the Cooking Guy on YouTube and uh, you know subscribe and uh, check it out and get some good ideas. We're going to take cool. a break. Be back in a second. Some bizarre file stories are what we have planned next, so stay with us. Wednesday from 4 to 6, Marissa from the Preston and Steve Show rocks the grand reopening of Planet Fitness in Fishtown. Check out the full club remodel and enjoy the food truck, giveaways, and an appearance from the Flyers Ice Team and more. Plus, it's the last chance to join for $0 down. Your fitness is essential. Join Planet Fitness in Fishtown today. All right, we got beat file stories. Here comes. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. All right, brought to you this morning by Natural Lawn of America. Safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. You can schedule their full-service program and get free seeding every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. So, uh, just two weeks after a 79-year-old grandmother lost her life on a drawbridge comes a video of another incident just miles away in which a motorist crossing a different bridge was put in serious danger when it opened while he was still driving across it. It happened at Latana, Florida. You know, people live in mortal fear of this sort of stuff, and this isn't going to help them. Yeah, the motorist flung open his door and tried to signal to the control tower, but the bridge kept on going up, uh, according to the video, and jumping out was risky because he could have fallen between the crack right into the intercoastal waterway below. Suddenly, the car lurched forward and continued on. I've not seen the video of this yet, and I'm curious how the hell they got (laughs) completely off that bridge. Uh, But the extraordinary video is from October 21st, and is only now being released. The bridge tender has been fired for failing to make sure that the spam was clear before opening it. Uh, she says that she didn't see the car. So we're watching the video. Basically what happened was it eventually lifted up the back far enough that the front tires caught pavement. Wow. And moved forward. Uh, since uh, it was two weeks ago that Carol Jeez. Wright was killed after falling from the Royal Oak or from the Royal Park Bridge. And she was walking to Palm Beach with her bike when that had opened up. A driver had to be rescued from the Charles River on Saturday after his tractor trailer that was carrying U.S. mail plunged nearly 50 feet into the icy water. And I mainly bring this up because it happened in Weston, Massachusetts. Police. Be careful on that bridge. Yeah, police. Uh, and, the footage is amazing. It's like out of a Hollywood movie. Police and the Weston Fire Department responded to the scene to find the truck partially submerged in the water and the operator. Oh, attention, motorists. Be careful. Uh, and I wonder if the, if the Weston Fire Department, if they're... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and by the way, so by the time they got there, they found the truck uh, partially submerged in the water and the operator who does not know how to swim standing on top of the truck. Do you know what I just found out recently? Wow. Most trucks like that on the back, the, the roof of the truck is like vinyl. It's very light oh, material. Okay. Yeah. 
So, Weston uh, firefighters were quick to respond because they were already out on the road in that area. Shove- I've got this. You boys stay here. Shoveling hydrants uh, from Friday's snowfall, firefighters were able to safely bring the driver back to land. This and is my Dalmatian. Woof, woof. He was taken to the hospital <laughs> for evaluation. No injuries were reported. Uh, he was conscious and alert. But, yeah, the footage is crazy, man. It's this insane. It hits, it hits the water hard. Uh, so the truck went off the road, taking out the guardrail and crashing down a long embank- embankment into the water. Weston's deputy fire chief added that the tractor trailer crossed over a ramp before plunging over the bridge and into the water. Heavy duty uh, tows were called in to help the truck get out. Those uh, are the biggest tows I've ever seen. Uh, the damaged uh, trailer broke apart as it was pulled out of the water, spilling dozens of packages into the uh. river. Uh, firefighters in boats fished out as many packages as they could, including items from Amazon and Priority Mail. <laughs> I bet you my buck condoms were in that order. Uh, the U.S. Postal <laughs> Inspector planned to sort through the recovered mail and then deliver it. You know, I drove past the uh, pond at Linville Orchards on Saturday oh, morning. The one you drove into for a stunt. The, it was yeah. uh, very ill-advised. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. certainly I was. Yep. Oh, thank God it didn't. Thank God we didn't think about that stuff back then when we tried all that. And we didn't have a legal department. Yep. Nope. We just did it. A 29-year-old Michigan man has been ordered hell without bail. Listen to this. After investigators say he deliberately hit and killed a 64-year-old woman oh. with his pickup truck in order to engage in sex acts with her dead body. Oh, n- No. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Colby Martin was charged on a murder charge in connection with the death of Melody Rohrer. Martin fatally struck Rohrer with his pickup truck when she was on a walk near a campground. He allegedly moved her body to a wooded area. Rohrer's husband reported her missing, and the following day, uh, detectives found Martin with Rohrer's cell phone sitting in a pickup truck. That had severe front-end damage outside of a Walmart, yes. All right. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, you can continue. I'm not uh, interrupting here. Uh, Martin allegedly led them to her body. A search of Martin's cell phone reportedly revealed that he searched for pornography involving dead or unconscious women immediately oh, after hell. she was reported missing. Can you imagine yeah. the depravity and the psychotic so individual that you would need do to, something like this? It, uh, yeah. What can you say? No, we've had this stand-up comedian in the studio a couple of times. His name's Chris Stefano, and, and I didn't realize what he was talking about, but he had tweeted this uh, the mugshot over, and he goes, yeah, I know already. And and so this comedian is a dead ringer for this guy. And oh, I, really? Yeah. He looks like him? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, detectives also found uh, condoms with Martin and Roar's DNA in Martin's vehicle and a trash can near his home. Wow, that is one of the more disturbing things. And we've heard a lot of disturbing and things. And if that's your sex or preference, what are the condoms for? I do not know. Uh, so police used DNA from a blood drop and the inexplicable presence of peanut butter to charge a suspect with a 2020 theft from a laundry room coin changing machine. So the peanut butter did him in. Yeah, so this is... This is too smooth. Listen to this. Last week, police charged Andre Davis two years after collecting the blood sample and oh. submitting it for uh, testing. Records show the DNA match came back last month. So on January 14, 2020, a resident called police to report a man carrying a jar of peanut butter was attempting to break into a third-floor washing machine's coin changer. The man said he needed money to get home. When officers arrived, the panel of the machine seemed to have been pried open with a tool, and the lock appeared broken. And when the officer arrived to process the scene, he noticed the extensive amount of peanut butter inside the broken part of the washing machine and on the floor in front of it. 
In a second report, an officer wrote that it was likely that whoever broken into the machine had peanut butter all over their hands for some reason. Wash your hands. More peanut butter was found in the hallway and on the doorknob of an apartment. So this is like a trail of peanut butter. So, what are you, just like eating a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and just have a, a, a desire to go steal something? Dude, he just had the whole jar. He was probably sticking his yeah. fingers in there. He really good. Police spoke to the resident whom uh, they reported as less than cooperative. The peanut butter on her door was pointed out to her, and she shrugged it off, acting as if it was not unusual. I like peanut butter. Uh, police continued their investigation and returned to the same apartment later. They found out that Davis was staying there as a guest and interviewed him. He allegedly said that he has a peanut allergy that makes it dangerous for him to touch peanut butter. Uh, Davis was polite and cooperative, according to police. And they said, I noted that his hands were clean and laceration-free. Uh-huh. Based on the DNA match, though, Davis is charged with breaking into a depository and malicious destruction of property valued at less than $1,200. Just so like the Jelly Bandit. He had yeah. peanut butter all over him, and that is all I have in the Bizarre File for you. Hey, congr- uh, do I need a break? Can I congratulate? Yes, absolutely. Quick congratulations to uh, Preston and Steve friend and calendar girl, Brittany Taylor. Uh, she and her boyfriend, PJ, uh, welcome to Child to the yeah! Man. February 22nd. That's awesome. 26th. Uh, River Maley Kellogg uh, is now uh, in the world. And uh, River, amazing. River came in as uh, 6 pounds, 12 ounces, 20.25 inches long. So congratulations. That's huge. We're very, very happy, uh, happy yeah. for you, Brittany. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in the second lesson question. Trash, music, news, those things up next. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Acme Markets is making your grocery shopping and saving easier than ever. Download the Acme app to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks today. Use it to view the weekly ad, clip digital coupons, redeem rewards, and to shop in-store, delivery, or drive up and go. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, and then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Dave and Company. What would you say on 93.3 WMMR? And Dave and his band will be in town on the 15th and 16th of July at the Waterfront Music Pavilion. That's in Camden, New Jersey. What days of the week are those? Do we know? I Yes, Friday and Saturday. Oh, it is a Friday, Saturday? Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Summertime, Friday, Saturday, outside, Dave Matthews Band playing. Always been a desire to see them, um, and yet I, I've always feared the, the audience. Do you think we're past the absolute yeah. getting bombed out of your mind thing? I mean, look, it's like a Buffett show. You know, those, those people still go just to party, but um, a lot of Dave fans have also grown up over yes. the years. <laughs> so they are not uh, the 22-year-olds that are there in the parking lot all day, although... That happens as well. Yeah. And listen, it's a Friday and a Saturday, so I'm sure there's going to be a fair amount of partying in the summer. Yeah. All right. It's great musicianship, man. They're yeah. just a fantastic group. And yeah. uh, do, do they have any opening acts on the bill, or is it Not just... Uh, usually, no. Okay. Um, and uh, it's a different band than it uh, used to be. You know, Boyd Tinsley's obviously not in the band anymore. They have this guy named 
uh, the two guys uh, um, do horns, and then a guy named uh, Butch Taylor doing keys, and um, it's a, a Carter and Stefan are the only original yeah. members, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a pretty fascinating sound that has evolved over the years too. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to do today's lesson question. It doesn't involve Dave Matthews. Mm-hmm. It does involve a pair of tickets to see Waitress on March 29th at the Kimmel Center ah. campus. All right. So the question that we're going to set you or that we're going to ask of you this morning uh, is who endorses the super duper butt condom? Two one five two six three WMMR. There's two people. Uh, there's there's a group and one person. I'll take whatever you got. Yeah. Okay. As long as it's in the ballpark. But who? endorses the Super Duper Butt Condom, the SDBC. All right, if you know the answer, call now. We'll do the trash while you give us a call. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's get some stories while we wait for those calls. Steve, what's happening this morning? Well, Helen Mirren says she's ecstatic after achieving dual citizenship in Great Britain and in America. Mirren tells people that at age 76, she has finally realized her lifelong dream of paying double income tax. Hey! Amanda Bynes. Her parents have eagerly agreed to release her from a conservatorship implemented in 2013. In return, Amanda promised to cut their zip ties and shut off the table saw. Oh, my God. And finally, TMZ asking Sharon Osbourne if she would ever consider returning to and working for CBS. Sharon reportedly responded with her version of When Hell Freezes Over, saying, When Ozzy no longer needs diapers. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your Hollywood trash. All right, we shall see if anyone knows who endorses the super-duper butt condom. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. I'm going to go to Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning, it. All right, good morning, morning. Chris. Who endorses the super-duper butt condom? That would be Bono and you, too. And Terry Bradshaw, yes. Chris, hang on. I'm going to give you a pair of tickets to see Waitress on March 29th at the Kimmel Cultural Campus. And you can get tickets for all the show dates March 29th through April 3rd at KimmelCulturalCampus.org. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. I'd mentioned a little while ago that Dirty Honey had released a new music video, and they have. It's for another last time, described as a real-time escapade that immerses the viewer into the action from the first frame to the last, unfolding as one continuous five-minute take. Clip features sound insane. Four separate but intertwining storylines with the band's previous music videos. uh, While the band's uh, previous music videos have been primarily performance-based, uh, Dirty Honey's Mark LaBelle explains that the band wanted to do something completely different for this particular video. He said the song's lyrics tell the story of a toxic relationship you can't seem to get out of, and you keep going back for more. Uh, but it's as much a song about any addiction or compulsion, anything you just can't kick, drugs, money, danger, whatever it may be. Uh, shooting the video the way we did presented a real challenge, but I think that when you take... when you take on doing something special like this and you succeed, you come out with something really great, and I think we did. Let me ask this question. How, do video, do theme, story videos matter anymore? Are they consumed on a on Instagram, on YouTube? YouTube. Yeah, I mean, it's a way to get the music out there. Still, okay. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that people go, now, I couldn't tell you the 
the view numbers on YouTube versus what they would get on, say, MTV back in the day. I'm yeah, not sure that's how that what I'm compares. curious about. Yeah, but you know, I mean, listen, yeah, there. I'll go in and see videos that have millions of views on them. So you know, right. they're doing something. People yeah. are seeking them out. Yeah, that's how people are consuming music. Yeah, yeah. Besides listening to MMR. <laughs> so the another last time video features Derek Phillips, uh, Billy Riggins from the NBC series Friday Night Lights. TikTok influencers Elizabeth Marachok and Emma Jade and actress Christina Lucas from Arnold Schwarzenegger's Last Stand. Uh, Dirty Honey just lost their launched their Young Guns tour uh, <laughs> with uh, Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. Corey Taylor's released uh, his new EP called CMFB Sides, which is available now on all streaming platforms physical, uh, with physical copies and merch bundles available at the store, the Taylor, uh, com, And he's also shared, I want to hear this, a lyric video for his stripped-back take on Lunatic Fringe huh. from Red Rider. Always dug that song. I love that song. Uh, CMFB Sides features nine unreleased B-Sides, covers of songs that inspired the band, acoustic renditions, and live versions. Uh, he takes on songs recorded by Metallica, John Cafferty, and the Beaver Brown Band. We were just talking about that. Yep. Kiss. On the dog side. And Eddie Money, to name a few. So, That's an interesting collection of songs. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Artists are starting to cancel Russian tour dates in protest of the invasion of Ukraine. AJR tweeted uh, Friday that they will be canceling their October 22nd show in Moscow along with Green Day. Uh, announcing Sunday that they will no longer play a concert at Spartak Stadium in Moscow on May 27th. Uh, the band said in a statement, we are aware at the, that this moment is not about stadium rock shows. It's so much bigger than that. But we also know that rock and roll is forever, and we feel confident there will be a time and place for us to return in the future. This is kind of weird. Courtney Love wrote and deleted a tribute to the late Mark Lanigan, uh, from Screaming Trees. Right. On Instagram on Saturday. Why um, did she delete it? Well, I'll, I'll read it to you. So <laughs> so she wrote, listen, she wrote, R.I.P. Mark, you were a good friend to me and Kurt. Even if your, uh, your book, in your book, you wrote out our close friend, you wrote our close friendship out. I'm still baffled and so sad about that. And then she goes on to say, in any event, the winding sheet and the stunning whiskey for the Holy Ghost were my brilliant soundtracks for all of Awful 1994. I always thought that you were a man of great honor and underrated. I'd have done anything for you, and I did. I co-signed your mortgage. I put you in sober living for a year. I paid for three rehabs. And, of course, I never wanted or needed any public acknowledgement, uh, acknowledgement or thanks for it. And I didn't get it either. LOL. I heard you had a long COVID bad death, and I'm so sorry. Rest in power. I'd like to think that you'd have uh, come around and made up for your appalling rendition of me in your tome, Mark, wherever you are, dropping the rocks. Mm-hmm. So she had some kind of odd things to throw in there. Yeah. You know, as she, she yeah. mentions paying for all that stuff and helping him out all, all those ways and then saying, I never wanted any public acknowledgement or thanks for it. Well, then why'd you print it? Right. Why, why'd you put that out there if you didn't want it? You clearly did. And then she goes on to think, you know, she kind of bad mouths him at the same time. Sure, yeah. It's it's. Uh, you can set that stuff aside. A little bit, I you think. Know, if, I, it, yeah. in, in your tribute to this person. If you want to write a book later on and put that stuff in there. Yeah. But this guy just died. Just and died. 
So probably, I'm guessing that's why she deleted Asterix at the bottom. Reasons why I thought you sucked coming soon. Yeah. yeah. Paul McCartney has added a second Fenway Park show to his upcoming tour itinerary. The pre-sale for the new show set for June 8th goes on sale today for American, biddly, biddly, biddly. American Express card members at noon local time. And general on sale begins Friday, March 4th at 10 a.m. local time. And looking at the schedule, so he's in Syracuse on the 4th, Boston on the 7th. Uh, then he added a second day on the 8th. His next date isn't until Baltimore on the 12th. He's got to So be he could still squeeze something in yeah. here in Philadelphia. Whether or right. not that happens, I do not know. But I thought it might be worth pointing out. And uh, we have a little clip, I think, of uh, Steve. You said a video of Stuart Copeland joining Eddie Better Up on stage, yeah. For a rendition of Message in a Bottle. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so let's play a little clip. They were playing a show. I forgot where it was. L.A. He was in Los Angeles, and uh, Stewart, I guess, was in the audio, or there for the show. Yeah, he got up and they they pulled off a, a version of it. So here's a little bit of that audio. Messes up the lyrics a lot in the song. You could tell they just said, No, I think we could play that, you know, and they just kind of tore through it. How much do you love his uh, his playing, Stuart Cole? Oh, it's the best. It's amazing. It's so unique. It's, uh, no, nobody does it like him. He's and got he a, does he's a got traditional grip. Yep, yep. He's one of the few uh, rock traditional grip players out there. Is it hard to get up on a kit that's not yours? And it can be. Yeah. Uh, but for a guy like that, you know, he can play on anything. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, there, there are some people that have a very specific, you know, way that their kit is set up, and uh, and being in somebody else's territory it takes a little bit to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but that looks similar to a, uh, a Stuart Copeland setup, to be honest. Would you say it'd be like on uh, Hatsy's on a flashlight? <laughs> yeah, a lot like that. <laughs> First few strokes, yeah. a little odd. Something's wrong with this. After a while, you're like, okay, I can find something good to come out of this yeah. and into this. Ew. What are you going to say, Marissa? It's Chad Smith that's playing for him on tour, right? Yeah, correct. That's and in fact, Chad, they end up playing Rockin' in a Free World. Yeah. And Chad picks up guitar and plays it on that song yeah. while Stuart is playing drums. And I think awesome. uh, Josh Klinghoffer also jumped up on drums uh, during this tour, too. So they're all sort of just uh, rotating their way around. And I believe the tour is wrapped up because they, they had to add... Uh, or they had to postpone the dates that were in L.A. and San Diego, and then they did Seattle, and then went back to L.A. and San Diego and wrapped it up. Cool. Uh, Marissa scared up the uh, Lunatic Fringe from Corey Taylor, if oh. you want to hear that. Yeah, let's hear a little bit of that. Here Lunatic Fringe. Hear a more plugged in version of it, you know? I can hear you coming. It's paired back, yeah. It's cool though. Did you guys hear that? They added a little bit in there. Yeah. Okay. Reverb. See this time. We won't let you kill the laughter. I like that. Oh, oh, oh. 
That's a cool tune. Nice. All right. Um, with that, we're wrapping up music news. And when we return, letter today, word of the week prize. We'll spell it all out for you and begin the spelling of that word as well. Stay there. We'll be right back. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Acme Markets is making your grocery shopping and saving easier than ever. Download the Acme app today to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks. Use it to view the weekly ad, clip digital coupons, redeem rewards, and to shop any way you want. In-store, delivery, or drive up and go. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver it right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Foo Fighters on MMR, my hero, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> uh, they, speaking of movies like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, they had their movie open this weekend. It did. Didn't do all that great. I mean, it's in the top ten, but, you know, it's kind of a niche movie, and... Um, I hope it does well for them. I hope it ends up, uh, they, they get out of it what they wanted to get out sure, of it. Sure, I bet you it'll have a stronger life once it hits uh, streaming. Probably, yep. Uh, so, uh, a very enjoyable day today. I want to thank all those who joined, uh, including our uh, guests. We had a surprise, last-minute guest. It was Eric Lindros' birthday today. Nick texted him, wish him a happy birthday. He got back, and Nick said, do you want to come on the show? He said, yeah. So he gave us a call, and we chatted with him up and around the uh, Toronto area. Uh, and it was cool to just catch up. And actually, he'll be in town in a couple weeks. He still does stuff with the Flyers all it's the great. time. great. Yeah, so he'll be popping in, so it was nice to have him on. And how about Sam the Cooking Guy? Yeah. New friend of the Preston and Steve show. We had a great conversation with him. He's the guy that came up with that uh, mashed potato, potato chip recipe. Uh, but he does loads of other things. He's got millions of followers on YouTube on his channel. And just kind of a, a no-nonsense, fun uh, way to look at cooking and try some things that are a little bit different or some twists on the uh, the standards. And he's doesn't even have a cooking degree no. of any type. Just a guy who likes to sort cook self and has made it into now a career. He's got three restaurants in the San Diego area. Really, really nice. So it was cool to uh, uh, chat with him. He's going to send us cookbooks, too. I'm very down with that, yeah. yeah. Me, too. So it was nice to have him on. Uh, back from the weekend, he survived. Pierre Robert. I did. Made it in. Congratulations on that. Thank, thank you. Did you have a good weekend? Uh, yes. Productive? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> no. It's all right. But I still had a good weekend. Good. Something wrong with the headphones? Well, I just got the wrong one. The wrong pair. Yeah, we have two pair over there, and they... Uh... Is that better? Now Let's they're see. on... Ear-shattering level. They're on Ray Coob level. <laughs> when Ray Coob fills in or does overnights, and you come in and you you don't check the headphone level, it's just like, oh my god! Yeah. And my glasses break and shatter. <laughs> and uh, Steve wears his that way too. Wow. Yeah, I I, I, like I go it, loud. You like it loud? Well, well you, do you have except, any hearing loss? No, but when I when I do the I said, do you have any hearing <laughs> loss <laughs> with the music and stuff? When we go to commercial, I quickly take them off. So oh, okay. Uh, so, all right, well, cool. You had a good weekend. Yeah, Happy I went antiquing. Oh, and did you find anything? I saw a couple of things, but I passed. Okay. Out in Chester County and went out to uh, Dave McGrogan's place, um, the Harvest Seasonal Grill, for sure. brunch yesterday. Yeah, wonderful. Nice. So it was very fun. So, so are you uh, 
your 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 house, which has sort of a, a modern, or you know, it was modern of its time, right? Fifties modern kind uh, of. Uh, is that is uh, the antiques? Do they fit well with that that look? Or well, you, um, you, you, you antiquing is a really interesting thing because you have to just you'll see a you'll see piles of things, yeah. and then you just have to go really slow. Right, <laughs> right, and, you're right. It's overwhelming. You, it is overwhelming at first, but you can find a gem uh, okay. in there. I found this deco lighter. I, I like collecting old smoking paraphernalia. I don't know why, because I, I <laughs> you don't, don't smoke. Well, but they made this elaborate, in the 20s and 30s, elaborate smoking paraphernalia um, that would accommodate smokers and drinkers, like cocktail shakers, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, ashtrays and lighters and things. I find them fascinating. Do you still have your iron collection? I have most of it. Okay. Yeah. An actual iron? Clothes? Yeah. Iron? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I started finding these wickedly cool irons that were <laughs> like streamlined deco kind of iron looking cool. things. Yeah. Um, you inspired me. You have like old radios all over your house. Well, when I moved into my apartment, I started using like my uh, grandmother's old adding machine and like old phones and cameras and stuff yes. all over my place to decorate. I actually listen to uh, the ra- to the radio. It's my boyfriend's grandfather's radio, and that's wow. the radio we have in the house, and it works perfectly. That's cool. Nice. Love that. Mm-hmm. I thought about doing a radio, a vintage radio collection. I don't have a good spot to put it in my house. I eventually will get around to doing that. I think. You have some cool stuff, though. Huh? Your your um, your Zoom room was very cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some autographed things and whatnot. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, we got a prize to get people moving on. You ready for this yes. letter? All right, yes. Here we go. Preston and Steve on ninety WMMR. Now the daily letter. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter A is in antiques. All right, and we're going to give away a five hundred dollar Joseph Anthony Retreat Spa and Salon gift card. You can check out their Heavenly Soft Pack Float Treatment, Luxurious Turkish Bath Experience, or even Botox at their med spa. And you can check out their salon while they, where they, of course, specialize in hair extensions like Marissa had done there. Looks great. Three locations, Glen Mills, Springfield, and Center City at the Lowe's Hotel. And you can purchase online at josephanthony.com. I'm literally obsessed with these hair extensions. Yeah, I didn't I'm, know you had them. Oh, thanks. They look so natural, don't they? Yeah. My hair just grew like 12 inches overnight. Yeah, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Once I, I have to... My, uh, Readjust my wig every other day. Right. You do, yeah, yeah. Right. So use that. You don't have to worry. You don't about. have to worry about. Use the double sided tape, right? The, uh, right, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> but well, then it gets them. all sticky. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, what's up on the show today, man? Um, we will have auto show tickets and Allison Chains in the workforce blocks. Uh, B fifty twos for Cindy Wilson's birthday. That'll be fun. And Rolling Stones for what would be Brian uh, Jones's birthday today. Founding member of the band would have been 80 today. Wow. So. Wow. All right. Uh, let me thank our sponsors. President Steve Show brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve Show. Also, uh, Acme. And you can uh, download the Acme app to see your all new deals, rewards, and perks today. Visit acmemarkets.com for details. Uh, and finally, brought to you by Adventure Aquarium. Explore magic underwater with the mermaids. AdventureAquarium.com. Tomorrow's Tuesday. We'll give away some ink, and we'll see what else we can get into. That's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we shall see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. Steve on 93.3 WLMR. Hey,
everybody. It's good to have you on the bat ba 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 ba